This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. Cryptid Zoo is a t-shirt line uniquely infused with augmented reality and inspired by cryptozoology figures like Bigfoot. It is designed by artist and owner Julian Meyer, and check out the amazing unique shirt designs at cryptidzoo.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you will get 25% off your shirts. Again, that's www.cryptidzoo.com. If you're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics Town Podcast patrons, welcome. You are listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 110, covering the new comic books that we read that came out on Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, June 7th. And this particular podcast is precisely predicated on positivity. I am your host, Chris Latori, and of course, joined by the other half of our dynamic duo and trusty crime-fighting sidekick, Justin, my son, Jables. Latori, how you doing, Jables? Holy Sunspots, Batman. No, oh, I said that wrong. Uh, <laughs> holy Sunspots, Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Very nice. Burt very Ward. Nice. You know. Burt Ward. Adam West. Thank you so much <laughs> for joining us here. And we have to right off the top of the show here. Issue number 110 of this podcast is dedicated to Adam West. We all heard the news of his recent passing. And I just wanted just to dedicate it. I know. We just we saw, saw him. We saw him. Uh, with Kevin Smith October. in that panel. Yeah, yeah. in October uh, for the, 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 the Batman 69 animated movie. 66, yeah. Say Batman 66, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, 69. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> um, yeah, we just saw <laughs> him in, in that panel. With he Bert looked in Ward. great health. Yeah, he, he was he was hysterical. He was hysterical. He was funny. He was funnier than Kevin Smith, for Christ's sake. Um, we'll miss but, uh, you. Uh, but yeah, and you know, Burt Ward and um, I forget the woman who Julie played Julie Newmar. Yeah, that one. Um, she, <laughs> she was there. Was there too. Uh, yeah, we just saw him. That's it's tragic. Know. You know, I feel it feels like it was just yesterday when we were. Yeah, he was my he was my first Batman. Him. I mean, I lovingly watched all those reruns in the late seventies, and I'd actually read Batman comics prior to watching the show, so I was like, kind of surprised at the like wacky, <laughs> the cheesiness up, upbeat style. Yeah, and the cheesiness, sure. But I kind of knew early on that there were a lot of different iterations of the Dark Knight, so it didn't bother me, and I just enjoyed kind of watching that version of it. But um. Adam West, uh, our thoughts and prayers and condolences to all of Adam West's family and friends and loved ones. Uh, you will be missed. We love you. Thank you, Sir Adam West, for all the years of dedication to Batman and your love of the Cape Crusader, even way after the show had ended. Uh, we thank you. So this this episode is dedicated to Mr. Adam West. Yeah. Condolences. Rest in peace. But you have him more in your mind. Yeah. From... Yeah, yeah. He's mostly from Family Guy for me. Right. Uh, it's, a, it's a different because, you know, he's a... He's in the zeitgeist of you know Batman. He's the first Batman to to portray anybody you know in the in any sort of visual media um, besides comic books. Um, but for me, like I knew him as the voice of Mayor Adam West. Man, he was hilarious from Family Guy. And so, uh, I, I mean, he's uh, he was an influential you know actor. Right. You know, voice actor. He has he has that voice you can't duplicate. 
I, I, I dare you to try to do an Adam West impersonation. I'm pretty good with impersonations, and I can't do them. <laughs> <laughs> we just tried. You asked me to yeah. in the opening. You're like, do it. Do an impression of Adam West. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I don't <laughs> even want to try. But yeah, um, he's he's a uh, he will be missed. You know, sorely. He will be. So our um, thoughts, prayers, and all of our hearts go out to everyone that was a fan of Adam West and his family and friends and condolences and everything. But this podcast is dedicated to Mr. Adam West. So here at the Sunspots Comics Podcast. We recommend to you an amazing list of fresh new comic books every single week to read. Never miss an issue of our podcast. Just subscribe to it and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Xbox Live at Sunspots Comics. And check us out on YouTube.com slash Tofilat. So, Justin, tell the folks what we're all about. Um, if you are new to comic books, uh, you know, we spread the love of them. You know, we, we like to, uh, I guess, share what's the best every week we pick um, the either, you know, it varies in number. The best of the best of the comic books that come out this week on New Comic Book Day every Thursday, or every Wednesday, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you if you, you just want to jump in, new comic books, um, and you're not sure what to get, you know, we'll save you money. Listen to us you, here. Yeah, you're going to check us out. Um, or if you've been reading comic books since, I don't know, you know, World War One. Uh, <laughs> Since 1918, when Wonder Woman ran what, through no man's land. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know what uh, what the best comics are, so you can save some time, save some money. Um, we at the Sunspots Comics are perfect for you. Uh, please tell a friend. You know, spread the word. We like to. Uh, yes. We like to. Uh, we don't like to. You know jerk our own chain, but you know, <laughs> if, if other people are saying it, you know, then then we're good. But uh, you know, I, I was talking to a couple people the other day and like the podcast came up and I give I him a shout thought, out oh uh, well shout yeah out. um it was Kristen and Emma I was talking to mostly about the podcast um at the party she does a podcast I'd have to talk to her again maybe I'll shout her out the next episode about the podcast but um yeah it was uh it was interesting to actually have that in a conversation that's one of the first times that's happened to me it's cool um but Very yeah cool. um so yeah, you know, spread the word, you know. <laughs> spread the word. Tell a nerd loved one. And a couple of quick thank yous, of course, to Nick Papa George for making our amazing Sunspots Comics theme song. You just saw him perform live with his band Solution. Yeah, it was great. I forgot about that. Yeah, it, it was, uh, he, he shouted, did I tell you? I haven't told you this yet. Um, he shouted me out in the crowd, like in the middle what? of the crowd. So yeah, he was playing a song. Uh, they played a lot of their new stuff that I actually didn't know, but a lot of the stuff that I didn't know, um... It was great, you know. Solution I've seen once before, open for J Bug, when when you took me. Right. Um, for, man, I think I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah, that was um, a little while ago. Yeah, and so this is the first time I've seen them since then, and uh, it was it was they were really good, man. They put on a good Excellent. show. Um, but back to what I was saying, he shouted me out in the middle of the crowd, and thank you for doing this. Cause Very cool. It was Thanks, cool. Um, so yeah, like I was in the I was maybe center, you know, center of the crowd. I was pretty far back. Because um, it was at the slide bar in Fullerton, so it's kind of a small venue. But uh, very nice. He he somehow spotted me in the middle of the crowd and goes like, "Oh yeah, like I just want to thank my nephew for coming out, my Aww, nephew Justin." Nephew. Um, and he goes like, "He's in the middle of the crowd and he points at me." And as soon as everybody pointed, he pointed at me. All the eyes. Everybody in the in front of me Did turned your face around. face feel warm? And I was like, "Oh yeah," and then like <laughs> you know pointed at him and like gave him a thumbs up. <laughs> and then uh, they played the next song and afterward I met up with him and like the in the backstage and, and talk to him and stuff. And, Very nice. Yeah, and it was uh, it was endearing, man. I mean, I've never been shouted out at a concert, but it's cool. <laughs> that um, was definitely different, right? Yeah, it was, it was strange because, like, you know, I'd never... All of a sudden, all the attention was on me. It was crazy. So it was... Uh, but it was it was fun. They put on a real good show. Cool. Um, I didn't stay for the next band. I wish I did, uh, but uh, I did take off, and it was, it was fun. Um, 
I would definitely go see them again. Check them out, Solution. Yes, I think their Instagram is iTunes. Solution the Band. Also, yes. and then his Facebook is Nicholas Dell Music. So he made you, our theme song. It's amazing. Yeah, if you find Nicholas Dell Music, um, he tags Solution in, in most of his Excellent. posts. Um, I found him that way on iTunes. I would yeah, Nicholas you Dell. Could, you could just go um, on iTunes and search Solution, and you'll find their their stuff. Their their latest album was a. Uh, Palm Trees and Freeways. Right. That's in the latest album. Um, but then they have their, you know, they have their titular, you know, debut album that I really love. Yes. Um, but yeah, so thanks, Nick. Yeah, if you like the little mixture of reggae, rock, and just feel good, sort of positively infused music, that's Nick Papa George. So check his stuff out again, facebook.com slash Nicholas Dell Music. And also thank you to my son, Justin Jables, for doing our Sunspots Comics blog. Please check it out where? blog.sunspotscomics.com I fell off a little bit guys I'm sorry um, <laughs> it's finals week and uh, you know I've got yeah. school going on so I'm trying to focus on that well what's, I, what's cooking in the blogosphere what's well, coming Wonder up? Woman obviously um, I think I'm going to do one on the mummy okay I, I mean I'm not too, we might talk about it here so we're going to talk do about it, it here. Um, sure but maybe that some some guardians coming up maybe um, but you know I, it's sort of like all just sort of like in the blogosphere in my head, you know, mm-hmm, sure. I've been like working on it, coming up with stuff to do. And then a lot of schoolwork has come up. So it's kind of, kind of tough. And, uh, you know, I'll, well, just I'll do, do it. it. Just know, do eventually it. Tell I'll the, just tell sit down and write it, but yeah, do it. Tell uh, blog.sunspotscomics.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at just sunspots. Excellent. Check you out at just sunspots. And right now it's free comic book time. That's right. Get ready. I'm actually giving away Dr. Strange issue. Number nine. Look at this cover. Jables. It's black. It's, it's scary. <laughs> scary, right? Is it like an <laughs> it's like eye? Looking oh, it into is an a eye. well, okay. and it's like yeah. this black bubble. But uh, this is uh, written by Jason Aaron. This is stunning art by Chris Bacello, Bacello, and the Dream Team here, which I call them, just put together a really phenomenal issue that is Doctor Strange number nine. I'm going to be giving it away right now for free digitally. All you got to do is grab this code I'm about to read to you and go to marvel.com/redeem, and the first one to get it, first come, first serve, wins. This comic, Doctor Strange number nine, for free. Will the new librarian be able to stay alive in the House of Weird? This new horror created by Stephen Strange himself is on the loose. And the empirical is like destroyed all of most of magic. So what are they going to do here? How are they going to fight this new dark being that he's let loose without any magic? I don't know. He's going to have to hurl things at him, I guess? <laughs> to chuck stuff? In, in normal Doctor Strange fashion, I guess, right? <laughs> right. And throw some, some flashbangs, lightning rod stuff. Something, right? Magical <laughs> imbued artifacts. It's going to be artifacts. some crazy Latin name for the, you know, whatever. Of course. But, Greek yeah. or something. <laughs> so grab this free digital code. See what happens. It's great. It's a, it's a very interesting, very beautiful comic. I've been loving Doctor Strange. So the first one to grab this code and go to marvel.com slash redeem wins this free comic book. And it's just a little thank you from us. For listening so good luck and here's the code read it to him jables go f is in frank c is in charlie m is in mary k is in kyle r is in rick one q p is in pewter <laughs> oh my gosh i screwed up p is in, q is in uh, oh geez p is in peter g is in greg e is in eric c is in charlie four uh, and i'll read it again <laughs> yes i'll repeat that i screwed that up yeah badly. right at you f is in Frank, C is in Charlie, M is in Mary, K is in Kangaroo, R is in Roger, 1, Q is in Queen, P is in Peter, G is in George, E is in Edward, <laughs> C is in Charlie, 
four. So come uh, and get it. <laughs> Good luck. Get, I couldn't get the P out. <laughs> pewter. I mean, uh, that's pewter. A... I said pewter. Yeah. <laughs> so come and get it. Good luck. If you win, just let us know so people don't keep entering in and trying to win this thing. So just hit us out, of course. Shout us out on Instagram, and we'll With also just... give you a what, Justin? Shouterooney. Shouterooney. Um, Hashtag Shouterooney. We uh, we came into um, some some extra guardians, you know. Codes. You want to give one away right now? Uh, no, I think we should save them actually. All right. But we were gonna. Me and me and my dad have been talking about maybe posting something on Instagram, and if you guys did some some stuff, we'll probably announce it later. But uh, um, we'll send you the code personally. Um, so so yeah, check out Instagram and stuff, and uh, you might be getting a free code if you you know do something. Yeah, and <laughs> there's a, it's a Guardians of Gal- Galaxy uh, free comic. So yeah. just follow us on Sunspots at Sunspots Comics on Instagram. That's kind of where we'll be giving away the free digital code. So just check us and out fo- from time to time. Follow me too, because I might, I might post another one, a separate one. Yeah, we got a bunch um, of them. Yeah, because so. we got a lot. Um, so yeah, you know, follow me at Just Sunspots, uh, Sunspots Comics uh, at, on Instagram, and uh, just be paying attention. This might drop tonight. Very or soon. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, check it out. Very, very soon. So pay attention. Free digital codes for Guardians of the Galaxy coming to you. Just uh, stay tuned there on Instagram. So let's get into the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 110, starting out with some stuff floating around in our nerd <laughs> brains. You, do, I you, added, add the, you add the sound effect in, but you add a personal sound effect? Yes, that's double. It's just like, it's, it's 4D coming at you with sound effects. So the first thing that's coming up in our nerd lobes is this week's comic book movie and TV news. So let's start us out here, Jables. What do you have in the comic book realm of movie and TV news? Um, well, my first topic was the first Black Panther trailer and poster uh they just Man. released these um the poster was of him i don't know if you saw it of him sitting in like the throne and like that golden room in wakanda but it looked um, kind of digitally it did didn't it, it did really it looked like it looked like a fan poster in my opinion i didn't yeah i was like what is this the po- is this I, yeah. I like double checked i'm like is this the right poster yeah um i mean it looked it's decent, okay. yeah. You know, um, uh, it is the first poster. There's gonna be more to come. I'm surprised that they put Chadwick Boseman in the first poster. Usually, the first poster is like yeah, the symbols off. or like you know the name of you know what I mean. Sure. Yeah, helmet off. He's he's fully displayed in this. And um, I was expecting just like a slash. Yeah, or like it just says you know you know Black Panther on you know. Yeah. So, but they they displayed him you know fully uh so maybe they rushed it just a little bit i think maybe Maybe they rushed it um but uh the trailer is what i think uh you watched this and when you said that you watched this watched it i was extremely surprised um yeah i'm proud of you man i closed one eye thanks you know i I think i closed one eye at certain points you're facing your fears i might have i might have put my hands in my face you know just like what am i doing i very much felt uh like i was you know going very much against my inner spirit of (laughs) no spoilers but and, it, and you were the first thing you said was, this is a perfect trailer for you, Dad, because it shows you nothing. And I was like, what? This showed me everything. I don't have I, to watch the movie now. <laughs> it was like almost two minutes long. It it was uh, it was a shorter trailer from like, uh, well, I, I've been watching the Spider-Man trailer, so it's, oh. it's completely different from that. Sure. Because you watch a Spider-Man trailer and you watch this, you're like, oh, like, why, why is Spider-Man showing so much? And Jesus, Spider-Man is showing so much. Um, <laughs> I read an article that there's 82% of the movie already shown. Oh, you're lying. But whatever. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, I might have made that percentage up. Fake news, fine. man. Fake. Um, anyway. <laughs> fake news. But uh, it was a. It was cool. I mean, you got you got. Um, oh, I forget his name. He played Gollum. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, the guy that always puts on for King Kong. He yeah. wears all the digital stuff. I'm going to kill myself when I sure. figure this one out. Um, and then the guy from Sherlock yeah. is sitting there talking to him. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, guy yeah. From... Martin. Martin uh, oh, damn it. His last name is Martin, isn't it? No, his first name is Martin. Okay. Well, I was going to say Martin Short, but that's not his name. Um, <laughs> I would love Martin Short in that role, wouldn't it? He was <laughs> so over the he was so over the top flamboyant. Or he's yeah. like, I love a parade or something. And <laughs> he would add uh, his weird... Um, anyway, it's not that guy. It's it's, not, uh, it's Martin Freeman. That was Martin close. Freeman. There you go. And, from um, and Andy and Circus. Andy Circus. Andy Circus. Both from Lord of the Rings-ish movies, Hobbit. True. Uh, you know, Andy Circus played Gollum and stuff. But you had, you had both of them in there. Um, Martin Freeman... And, well, yeah, Martin Freeman was in Civil War. And Michonne was in it. I didn't see her. Michonne from Walking Dead. What's the actress's name? I forget. um, Denai Guerrera. Denai. Guerrera? She was totally there. She had, like, a bald head. And she's standing next to him. And there's looking out into Wakanda. Michael B. Jordan? Oh, I'm excited for him. Michael B. Jordan looked great. He's got a crazy, funky haircut, though. It's a little weird. It looked um, looked crazy good, I thought. (laughs) Out of this world. Different. But, yeah, you know, you got got a display of some of the characters. There's not... They're not explaining anything about any of mm-hmm. the new characters yet. You really don't even really know that much about um, about you know Black Panther. Well, uh, one thing I know uh, that I'm that I, I love is that there is like this warrior tribe of women that are sort of the uh, like that, they're kind the of the bald, CIA. The girl, yeah. They're like the CIA of Wakanda. They're like black ops, if uh-huh. you will. Um, you know, and, and they're like yeah. really interesting and, and well trained. And you see one in Civil War three, one of the warriors when she has words with Black Widow. Yeah, yeah, the the bald. The yeah, bald. and there's a name for um, them, like a, a Wakanda name. The actress who played her is uh, Florence Kasumba. Okay. She plays Ayo or A Ayo, um, but yeah, she was in Civil War for like a second when uh, Black Widow like approached her. Is this and, directed by Antoine? No, Antoine? no, Ryan Coogler. Like? Ryan Coogler, oh, okay. the guy who did uh, Creed. Um, yes. He did um, Fruitvale Station. Okay. Um, yeah, he's he's done a couple of movies. Uh, him and Michael B. Jordan are like tight. Like this, um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but but you know, I am excited about this movie. I, Me too. I, not a lot of very not very big expectations, yeah. Because um, I mean, I'm not that big of a Black Panther fan. But this is breaking boundaries. You know, Wonder Woman just came out. Um, you know, the first female superhero, and then yeah. Black Panther's coming out, which in history was the first Black superhero, yes. African American, well, African superhero. Um, so this is uh, this is it's big news. I mean, they're maybe they're trying to. Marvel's trying to, you know, stick it to DC a little bit with, uh, you know... No, they're always trying to black, do it to each other. <laughs> see, but, uh, you know, if, if one's doing good, the other one sort of feeds off the power. I, I, I feel like the competition aspect between the two uh, is really like a symbiotic relationship, mm. I would say. They feed off of each other. You know, one does good, the other does good. You know, they, they go back and forth. But, um, so yeah, I mean, I would say maybe, you know, this could be a big deal. I you mean, know what I like? I line. like the overall, like, the feeling of sort of a Black Panther movie is that maybe in that Guardians of the Galaxy sort of realm where we are, we have sort of low expectations. We don't... Yeah. We're not totally invested in the, in the characters. Yeah. We're going in with very just sort of open, like, hey, I want to learn about Black mm-hmm. Panther. Like, show us some stuff. I think that's yeah. a good place to be in for Marvel, sort of the expectations. Yeah, we've seen Black Panther, but we haven't, like, fully embraced him yet. You know, we haven't we haven't mm-hmm. focused on him like we have with Captain America and Iron Man and and even sure. a little bit of Spider-Man, because we got a little bit more Spider-Man than I feel in Civil War than we did with T'Challa. I mean, there was more action sequences with T'Challa, with Black Panther, but we got a little bit more meaty, you know, story with Spider-Man and the introduction of Spider-Man than we did with T'Challa. I mean, besides his father dying. Yeah, I was going to say, that was like a that. pretty meaty moment. But, right? like, you know, 
as far as like personal moments, I felt like the one between Tony Stark and Tom Holland, oh Tony Stark and Peter Parker, was a little just a little bit more. Um, I would say just just nuanced. It was well, it, felt it was better. like Spider Man was already on the inside. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, Black Panther was this. Who is this guy? And yeah. who's he? Who's he fighting for? So you so, like you know. cats? <laughs> <laughs> I believe but, um, this belongs to you, Captain America. Still, <laughs> oh, man, I want to go watch Civil War after this. Yeah, um, now we got to go watch it. Yeah. Um, Moving so on. The, the next one I had was so uh, go watch it. By the way, yeah, too, go, if you haven't seen it. the Black Panther trailer, uh, it's everywhere. Go, go get it. Internet, <laughs> show it to your face. We we uh, we we go. I like to go off on tangents here at Sunspots Comics. Yeah, uh, sometimes. But uh, so the next one I had was a. Uh, James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, and such movies like Slither and, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, he's going to be helping further the cosmic level Marvel cinematic movies uh, after Guardians 3. So he, he's going to direct Guardians 3. It's already been announced. He's writing it and stuff. Yes. But he is going to be in a semi-Kevin Feige, Kevin Feige role um, with the cosmic level movies. Fantastic. He's the um, uh, he's going to be the the sort of the brain trust for the cosmic level of yes. Marvel world. That that So I that love includes it. like Guardians and like some some of Thor some stuff. Of the Avengers, uh yeah, like maybe stuff. um Captain Marvel and um wherever they decide to go with those style characters who mostly deal in space and from far from Earth. Uh you know Adam Adam um Warlock, mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff. But uh I'm excited because, you know, he obviously knows what he's doing with Guardians. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, um, come on now, JG, which I like yeah, to call him. JG. He's, uh, like you he's know paid him personally. his <laughs> He's paid his dues. Yeah. I mean, come on he's, now. He's 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 ready to own some stuff, you know? Yeah. What I mean, like he can easily we're in good hands with him yeah. at the cosmic realm, with him at the steering wheel of yeah. the cosmic ship of Marvel. Yeah. We're in good Absolutely. hands. JG is going to take um, us into good places. So the next one I had up was uh, Wonder Woman beats the Mummy in its second weekend in the box office. Ooh, um, destroyed. I mean, the yeah, mummy. Just, just destroyed, crushed, um, pulverized. Is that proper? Pulverized. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that. She, <laughs> she wrapped the fine... lasso of truth around him and squeezed the box office money out of it, and um, then it just turned him into a fine mist. <laughs> that was it. So yeah, um, it beat it. Uh, I didn't check the um, overall number. I know it's over a hundred and. I did million. just, and this is a true stat. Um, unlike the percentage earlier, uh, it made nine hundred and seventy-one million dollars worldwide. Uh, worldwide, um, it made forty gajillion. It's gonna beat. No, made forty gajillion dollars. Okay, okay. So the nine hundred million is not. Uh, <laughs> it's not even really. The number, okay, but it well, feels um, like it. It still beat the Mummy, which is which is crazy because the Mummy is just on its first weekend of release. So. The Mummy made thirteen thousand dollars. Oh my god! And then <laughs> why are you just throwing fake stats Wonder, out there? You're confusing Wonder the people, Woman man. Twenty two point one eight million. Well, you get the point. Uh, it crushed it. It destroyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's great because it's doing well and it's got legs and it's uh, it's how many weeks out are we now? And this is the second week of its release. So. It's going solid. So uh, still still going hard. We still haven't go see seen it again. It. Yeah, I, want, I really do. I, I do. You want to see it tonight? Already. Maybe. We'll see. We always say, let's see it tonight, and we never see it tonight. We only do that with Alien. Podcasts so, take a lot of work, man. It does take a lot of work, but let's see it tonight. Um, <laughs> All right, we might. So the next one um, is the Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, wait. Aren't you leading that into what were our thoughts on The, the Mummy? Because we did see it. We saw an advanced screening of it. Let's talk did, a little yeah. bit about okay, it. Okay, so we saw this Sunday today. So we saw it on Tuesday. Um, way before it came way, out on Yeah, Thursday. it came out, came out Thursday night, Friday, you know, uh, Friday night you know midnight um, shout out to your friend jim yeah jim that helped us. um he's actually a customer that comes into my work a lot and uh we sort of connected because he's a uh, he's a um like a security guard for for a lot of studios he works for a lot of studios he does he does um you know premieres and stuff like that and so he um 
he always comes in and offers me like his like tickets and stuff that he has and I've never really been able to go I've been kind of busy and then uh, he finally offered me one that was for Tuesday and I had the day off so um, I said yeah and I hit up my dad and we, I said hey you want to come see the mummy early with me and we went and saw it and so thank you Jim thanks for Jim. hooking us up thank you um, very much it was a nice guy I got to meet yeah, him a little Jim's bit Jim's a great thanks. guy I see him all the time you know I saw him on Thursday shout out Jim yeah. um, so yeah I mean you know it was uh, so it tell was me fun. your thoughts well, tell me your thoughts on the movie well I posted on Twitter uh, I said that the movie was decent and it is decent uh, it's not extravagant it's not crazy good it's not you know uh, I I liked it you know I didn't love it okay. Okay. <laughs> you always say that yes um, but yeah, yeah that's true you gotta, um, you gotta separate that yeah so it was um, I, I thought they did a pretty good job setting it up and that was sort of my fear going into this was like is this just gonna be a setup movie you know are they just gonna yeah. are they just gonna totally milk this for the future movies and this is just gonna be a setup and whatever it's pretty much what they did um, the action was good Tom Cruise was good Sofia Batella was great her acting was real good um, Russell Crowe Russell Crowe was good in it he was probably my favorite part uh, with with him I loved the way when he, I guess, spoiler alert, right? So, of course. Um, spoiler yes. alert. I love that when he turns into to, uh, Mr. Hyde, mm-hmm. he he turns into this, you know, Russell Crowe has a natural British accent. He, he was talking very Maximus-like from Gladiator. Right. Maximus, you know. Father of a murdered son. Yeah. <laughs> Husband to a murdered wife. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Um, so but he then... Was, he was very fair, and then when he turns to Mr. Hyde, he gets this very rich Cockney accent. Oh, he, he like, goes into Adele. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, like Adele would be like, "Oh my, a lot of that, a lot of that." I mean, it's not that crazy, but it's a, it is uh, a, uh, it's very like, <laughs> like a, uh, I would say 1920s British gangster, you know, like he he's yeah. uh, he's got a top a hat and like a you know like a blade, you know, and, and so got a um, shiv, yeah, yeah, and so uh, I, he was he was great. Um, there wasn't a lot of him. There was a fair amount. I yeah. would say. Um, I'm hoping there's more of him. Um, that, I, I I told you walking out of this. Remember, I, I told you um, that there was certain aspect of the movie that I wish I could have seen more of. Yeah. And they didn't shine upon a lot of it. And uh, I think that was his main fault for me, is I wish I could have just seen more of the stuff I wanted to see and less of the crap that they did show. So I mean, I uh, I liked it. Um, I don't think it's better than Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is no, right now the best movie even, of the summer. Ain't worth comparing. Um, so yeah, I, I would say it's good. Does I mean, it get you excited about the the dark universe building? That was a, another hindrance. I, I I am excited for it, and mostly I'm excited because of the, the cast. You know, the cast is so rich and so crazy. But I, I will say this did hinder it a little bit for me. Okay. Um, I'm excited to see the world get built and the prodigium and and all that. You know, the 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 government shield esque type stuff that they're really sort of stealing from Marvel. Um, I'm excited to see that get made. Yeah, and I'm excited to see where they're gonna go with it. But this did have a a hindering effect on it for me. This was like, okay, well, this wasn't that crazy good. Um, hopefully, they can step it up. That's that's really where this left me. Uh, what did you think? I am uh, very much in your vein as well. Then the same sort of. I I liked it. Did not love it. I thought that some of it came out rather dark. I was I was kind of. Is this just my yeah. 3D glasses? No, this thing is dark. Yeah, but... especially especially um. 
come from the beginning that you're in like very yeah. bright desert, and then you go into the cave and you can't see Jack. And it stays that way for a little while. For I was pretty like, much wow. the rest of the movie. Yeah, it stays so. dark. But I thought that it was action packed. I never got bored with it. It kind of kept me at the edge of my seat. It kind of always kept going. It was very. It had a good pace and good flow to where I was interested and I was enjoying it. And I didn't think like I didn't roll my eyes a lot or go like. Ugh. I didn't have one of those moments. I, I will, you know, going on what you're saying. I didn't have one of those moments where I was like, ah. Uh, I didn't do like, that either. I didn't yeah, roll like, my eyes. Like, go, I didn't uh, roll my eyes or get like annoyed by something. It was, it was. There was, you know, we brought this up too. There's some annoying factors of movies that like <laughs> are they use this kind of yeah. um, these tactics all the time in different movies. So sure. and I pointed it out to you and you yeah. were like, oh yeah, I totally agree. Um, they're the one that got me was uh, when when somebody important is walking into a room and they're taking over the scene. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, he's got a piece of paper and the guy's like, hey, who are you? And he's all, we're taking over and just gives them the paper. We got this. And, like, the guy just, like, walks off like, oh, okay. Yeah, and you accept that yeah. this paper is golden is the golden rule. Yeah, this paper is sure. the golden ticket. You know, like so. Mine I, was goofy. Remember, it was yeah. it was when they have that internal struggle and they always say, you know, I know you're in there. Fight it. Where are you? And it's this the mind control thing, and there's this battle going on in their brain. We and don't they have see. like a flashback of the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah there was a little bit of that. There's in some, this. there's but some it, of that stuff in but there. But I didn't heavily groan. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I was, I wouldn't say I'm as critically harsh upon it as a lot of the critics, but uh, I want to see where the universe goes from here. I would see the next one. Yeah. So, I, I, so would I. I, mean, I think that says enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So, anything else in the comic book movie TV um, news? I did have the next one was the Spider-Man Homecoming NBA Finals. Oh promo. yeah, tell me what's that about? Um, that was because I'm not looking at it. Uh, <laughs> I well, might. I mean, All right, it's maybe. not a trailer. Okay. It's good. it's mostly an ad for the NBA Finals. Um, but basically, it's like Peter Parker got invited to to watch the NBA Finals with Tony Stark at oh. Tony Stark. You know, so it's like a new mansion. thing recorded. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just sort of a promo. Yeah, for it's the... a promo. And oh, okay. um. And so you, you get Peter Parker like waiting to go up the elevator, and Happy Hogan comes That's out of the cool. out of the elevator and goes like, "Hey, like I need you to go get some snacks, like you know, da da da." da. So he makes Spider Man go run and get snacks for the party. Um, and so while he's at this liquor store buying snacks, he runs into DJ Khaled, oh. and, D, and then you know these two girls want to take a picture with 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 Spider-Man okay. and DJ Khaled's like all amazed that they don't want to take a picture with him but who wants to take a picture with DJ Khaled when they can take a picture with Spider-Man <laughs> right. cuz uh you know Spider-Man is my priority I don't know about you guys but um and then he um he web swings back to go watch the the, oh, the NBA okay. finals at the the thing so you see to him learn in the suit that, or you Yeah, see... you do see him in the suit. Okay. Um and to learn that Tony Stark is actually at the game and not at the party. Um, and that was kind of cool. Okay. And he's, you know, he's talking to Happy Hogan, and like Tim Duncan is there, a basketball player. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was just a fun little like you kind of get the, the, a little bit more flavor of, of what Peter Parker is all about. That's uh, cool. You get his you get his his, his sort of uh, his personality a little bit more. And and I was really scared watching the whole thing because they've showed way too much of Spider Man yeah. Homecoming at this point. But uh, it wasn't that revealing. It's mostly an ad. But it was it was good. I well, I think they're doing the right thing and that they're diversifying their advertisements. And I did read a, a semi-article about how it's tracking because of all of this. And it seems to be paying off. And unfortunately, See, it's working. Yeah, you know... you know. Uh, I mean, I say unfortunately because I'm just not a fan yeah. of trailers and having the whole movie blown. But uh, for the younger generation <laughs> coming, and folks not like of, me, it's yeah. tracking well because of what they're doing. Coming off of Amazing Spider-Man 2, though, that, that didn't sit well with a lot of fans. I know we liked it. Yeah. I liked it. Um, I did. But uh, critically... Um, box office wise, it's not 
a good way to leave the Spider-Man series. They left so it in sort of They're a, worried, right? Yeah, they're a little worried. That's why there's so I, much of this. I mean, for people like me, like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I mean, excuse my language, but, like, I'll see this movie Regard, they're, regardless. They're, that's why there doesn't have to be any trailers for me. But that's, I'm going to see this. That's, yeah, that is, just, that is just coming from us, though, because we're super yeah. nerds. Um, but, you know, for the normal moviegoers, they probably had to advertise a little bit more for it. But yeah. I mean, it was it was good it was a good ad I thought it was funny. Oh, cool that they made some new footage yeah. for it too. And um, anything yeah. else? Uh, the last one I had was uh, Patty Jenkins hasn't signed to do Wonder Woman two yet. Right. Uh, but that you know we kind of know what that it, says. That's, right? Yeah. I mean, she's probably in negotiations. Probably gonna get a lot more money for it now. Um, Smart that she didn't sign for just a three picture deal. Yeah. I mean, I think that's. She had the foresight yeah. to know I'm going to make this bomb ass movie and I'm going to put myself in a position <laughs> had, where she, you got to pay me. Yeah, she had negotiating power now. Like now she has, she has, she has, she has DC Warner Brothers by the balls. You know they have to pay her. And they're going to pay her for for the next one. They're probably going to be a huge pay boost for her. Way to go, and, PJ! And it's know, just you, adding you got to him, the PJ. You got him by the short hairs, <laughs> PJ. Um, <laughs> Now it adds to like the the heavyweights that are in the DC EU now. You know, you got Zack sure. Snyder, you got Patty Jenkins, you got um, the guy who did Suicide Squad. I forget his name, David Ayer, um, and you got you know you got um, Joss Whedon. Like th- those are four pretty powerhouses. Uh, yeah. David Ayer might be like the lowest, but it, I love sure. most of his movies that he's done. So yeah, they're uh, they're building this with pretty good backbone. You know, directors. So. We definitely want to see Patty Jenkins folded into the family, right? Oh, the yeah, build yeah. the building family of DC. Yes, absolutely. So uh, you go, PJ. Do your thing. <laughs> you got this. Yeah, that's that's. Show him the piece of paper, Patty, when you walk in, and <laughs> yeah, just hand and it to him and go. I yeah. got this. And then then they'll just walk out of the room, and, <laughs> and you got the job. Um, right. But yeah, so that, that's all I brought. Uh, I don't know if you brought anything. Excellent. No, that wraps up the comic book movie and TV news. So that was another a long one. That that was was a, a, yeah, long and good. <laughs> one. We did a lot of stuff in there. It was like yeah. layered. But another nugget of nerd inside of our nerd lobes is I'm trying this new experiment. I wanted to run this by you, Justin. Tell me what you think. Because I've run it by a few of my nerd friends, and uh, they're intrigued by this and kind of want to see how it turns out. But it's an experiment where there are so many comic book TV shows that I have not watched for one reason or another. Mostly time-related. You know, you've got uh, 12 shows, 12 to 23 episodes at 40 minutes each, etc., etc., etc. Do the math, it's like 4,700 hours of, of, of not, time to dedicate. Number, but it's, you know, no, that's a real number. <laughs> I did the math. I got my calculator. No. Okay. But I've decided that I'm going to watch all of the season finales for each and every season of them. Because I really want to see those episodes that, like, pack the most pow to, to pow. Support, <laughs> quote Adam West. Uh-huh. That really just pack the pow. And I want to see each season's finale. Like, some of them I'm actually still watching, of course. Like, Walking Dead, to name a few, The Flash. Um, but there's a ton that I haven't. Outcast, Preacher, Legion, Riverdale, I'm Zombie. I'm so surprised you haven't seen Preacher, man. Preacher, I could not stop watching that. What's the newest one? American Gods. Yes. Uh, Agents of good. S.H.I.E.L.D. Just to name a few. Now, if they're strong enough, I think I'm going to give the season a whole try. But what do you think of that sort of experiment? Just watching the finales yeah. of each of them. I think about, you know, 65% of those I'm already watching as like a whole. <laughs> Preacher, I already finished. Um, uh, Walking Dead, obviously, I finished. Legion, I'm watching. American Gods, I'm caught up on. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I don't really watch... Um, Flash. Did you finish Flash, Flash? I finished Flash. I finished Flash too. Why don't we take a second and talk about the Flash and how, what we felt of it? Again, spoilers. But season three of the Flash. Give us your breakdown if you can. Um. Well, should we spoil it? Uh, 
it's been a while. Yeah, it's been I mean, it's been a couple it's been weeks. A month, I think. I'd All right, say. so just in case, spoiler um, alert yeah. on Flash season three. We might spoil some of the it, ending, but we're gonna only quickly go over. It. Yeah, the ending really pissed me off. Um, <laughs> the fact that Barry was like, like he just saved the day and like everything's happy. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh yeah, like now I gotta go into the Speed Force forever. Bye. And then just like walks into the Speed Force, so quickly. like doesn't give a doesn't give a damn about anybody else. Like he just he just mailed all the freaking invitations for his and Iris's his wedding. wedding yeah. And then like oh like oh well he sent out the invitations already. Like, <laughs> but now I'm just gonna go to the Speed Force. Like so screw all the people that just got the invitations. Like, but you know there's a season four. Yeah, but like, and he's not going to be in one episode and then not in all the rest. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it's 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 a given red right? herring for like, oh, you know, feel bad for Barry and Iris and whatever. And he's obviously going to be back for the next season. I mean, yeah, so he's, we he's think contracted. But at this uh, point, right? it it legitimately like it got me kind of mad because I was oh, just wow. like, I was just like like he just saved the day. Like there's no happy ending, <laughs> and like there's sort of a happy ending. Like there's a little resolve, but like at the same time, it's just. It was just a, like a, a unnecessary ending. You could start the season with that. Start well, season I, four with that. I know it's not the series finale, so I was okay no, yeah. with how it is. But see, but like, like, the, we'll see season four in a few months. The way that the way that it, they set it up, though, just kind of pissed me off. Like it made they made it seem like okay, Grant Gustin is done. He's not coming back. Yeah, no, you know, like, we know but, he's not. And we know that. Obviously, we know, know that. But it's like it's like why do that when we? It's, it's just like a pointless storyline for me. I, like it's the same thing when they when they discovered that Savitar is a freaking time remnant, and I was just like, really, like, really? He's a time dingleberry. Just have it be Savitar. <laughs> just have it be a random dude. I don't care. But like, oh, because it's Barry. Like they had to introduce all this. Like I don't know. I I love the Flash, and I've loved both the seasons before this. I loved half of this season, but the, the other half was just kind of. Eh. I love the last half of it. Uh, really? And I'll say I heavy liked the last half of it. The first <laughs> half of it to me was uh, kind of rough. And I felt the ending was actually just a little overdramatic. But I liked it, and I also knew the season four is coming. So the ending to me wasn't relevant. I, I, it was just like, fine, that's, why that's the ending. That's why I think it pissed me off. It's, it's just like it... But I let it go. I mean, I just kind of didn't think that upon it. I was like, they're back next year. I, you know, I already read they're back, so... Yeah. I mean, you know, like, I think what it was, too, is just like, you know, okay, like... Everyone's together now. Like everyone's happy. You know. You know. Uh, Jay Garrick is out of the flat. The um. The, the Speed Force and um. Wally West is there and you know they're getting married and the only thing that really wasn't is Caitlin Snow is sort of like on this path of being yeah. a bad guy. But um, it was like all right. Like you know, thank God. Like this episode was already action packed and crazy, but now you're just gonna throw this in there and and totally mess everything up. Like everything they just did was for nothing. Well, I just felt they had to set up a to be continued. That's it. They can't like say the end on the screen. See, the, way so. they, the way they set up like the first season to the second season, that little cliffhanger, that was done perfectly. From from the second second season to the third season, that was also done really good. It was just like like this one just didn't mean anything to me. I didn't care. And it just it felt crappy because it felt like the whole episode was for nothing. The wow. whole episode was dedicated about them saving Iris, but now Barry's dead, essentially. Ish. Who knows? He's, he's, he's in Speed Force. But seven, so. we're gonna watch season four, and uh, I bought season one, but I felt like it just kind of got uh, not as good going on. But I hope season four brings it back to the higher level that we know it can yeah. be. But we're gonna tune in. I'm so. actually watching Arrow two right now, so I'll get to, I'll get back to you on that. I'm gonna watch Arrow finale. So what do you think of my experiment of just watching the season ends? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm down. 
Uh, I see mean, where that for goes. the most part, like I'm already watching them, so sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll report back to you on that. I just thought of it. It just popped in my nerd brain, and I thought I'm gonna do that because I wanted Leech, like you know, some of them, like Gotham, etc., Riverdale. I, you know what? I heard this I last zombie. season of Gotham was like really good. So yeah. I, maybe I'll jump into that. That's what I hear about Shield as well. So anyway, we'll tune in. And the last thing on my nerd brain before we get into the countdown and talking about the new comics is that I'm writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. Yes. I'm actually doing the writing, the coloring, the lettering, and my good friend Jordan Hudson is doing all the art. Please check out his Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. His art is beautiful. And also check out our website, zombiedestroyers.com, where I posted some sample pages of Zombie Destroyers. So you can put your eyeballs on them, but check it out. It's zombiedestroyers.com. And also just a quick update on my comic book, Zombie Destroyers, that Jordan's actually inking this huge two-page splash on pages 22 and 23 of the comic, and I'm still putting together the final sort of panel layouts for page 24, and issue number one's going to be done at 32 pages, so we hope that it's finished and we're set to release it out there. I'm going to indie publish it by maybe late summer this year, so I'm super excited. I can't wait to show you Zombie Destroyers. Yeah. And also, we got a listener email, so let's uh, talk about this one. Yeah, it's the first one in a while. This is from Sheffield Abella, and he is an artist and an author. You can actually check him out on Twitter, at Chef, S-H-E-F-F, or his website, SheffieldAbella.com. That's Sheffield, S-H-E-F-F-I-E-L-D. But he was nice enough to write in an email, and it says, Hey, Chris, uh, hope that Sunspots Comics is doing well, and hope you're happy and healthy. We, uh, I have uh, some questions on comic books, and I figure you're the best person to answer it. Yes, you're exactly right there. 100% right. <laughs> and are there any comic books that are set in a future world very much like the TV show Firefly? He said he's considering doing a Patreon or designing a graphic novel project that he started in college, and he just kind of needed some help. But I don't know what else is out there right now. My storyline takes place in a future that will be a western-slash-rural element Take care and thanks and hope for all is well, Chef. So, yes, Chef. I wrote him back and gave him uh, some pointers that there is actually a lot of comics in this sort of Western motif like like uh, like Serenity and Firefly. So I replied back with a few, and here they are. And I know I'm missing some, but I started with Saga. Yeah. It's very much in the line of Serenity and that Western, Eastern, you know, China, Western sort of motif. East versus West. Uh, Kingsway West, which is a new one. Solid, fun miniseries. Copperhead. That I'm actually reading. It's very much in the West and these other galaxies, etc. Seven to Eternity that I'm reading with a gorgeous art by Jerome Pena. It's just ridiculous. The Dark Tower is another one. I know they're making a movie of The Dark yeah. Tower. Isn't Martin that coming out? Hey, just Elba. Uh, right. I think it's summer. Yeah, it's coming out pretty soon. So um, there is just a few to I, chew I got on one right to there. Offer that you know you didn't even. It's in the countdown today actually. It's Extremity. Go for it. Yes, Extremity is in that sort of. Very much has that feel too. Very yeah. good. And so I hope that helps out. I hope that uh, you add a twist to it because it's definitely a, a sort of setting that is uh, a very much out there and in the zeitgeist. But uh, you're, I know you, uh, uh, you're going to make your own twist on it, I'm sure, and make it sort of stand alone. But best wishes to uh, Chef. Thanks for writing in. And I got your address here, so I'm going to be mailing you in, mailing you a little comic book fun prize from us as saying thank you for writing in. And you can do that too. Just send us an email too. Uh, Chris at sunspotscomics.com or Justin at sunspotscomics.com. Yeah, just send us in something. If we discuss it here like we did with chefs, we'll send you a little comic book free prize just from us for saying thank you for writing in. So I hope that helps you, chef, and good luck. And I know it's tough being a struggling comic book creator, a writer, an author, but uh, just stay strong and do what you're doing and 
and right for you. And I'm sure all good things will happen. So best of luck, best wishes. And also uh, in the line of that, I wanted to quickly mention a segment we called Spotlighting. Yes, and we have some interviews lined up. Thank you for everyone that's waiting. Uh, basically, if you or someone you know is an independent comic book creator, we want to shine some Sunspots Comics love and support to those struggling creators and do what we can to help them. Like myself, I'm a struggling creator. So if you're a writer, an artist, a colorist, a letterer, you're in comics already or just trying to get into comics, just hit us up, send us your review work, send us a copy to e on my email, chris at sunspotscomics.com or just, of course, message me on all the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. at Sunspots Comics. So we want to do our part to help. So that's what spotlighting is for. And we will have some interviews with some comic book creators very, very soon. So tune in for that. So now on to our favorite part, Jables, of the podcast, which is our reviews and recommendations of all the comic books that came out for New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, June 7th. And of course, spoiler, semi-spoiler-ish alert, right? Yeah, um, we leave out like the back five pages or so. Um, we usually don't spoil what happens at the end. Um, but don't worry, uh, we work really hard to harness the powers of persuasion on inspiring you to buy these comics. So I really hope we try to, you know, completely spoil them. So, right. um, I especially try not to discuss the last few pages, but, uh, um, just in see case. everything. See everything that we're reading and all the favorite picks since May of 2015, uh, which last week was our two-year anniversary. It's crazy. Um, two years on SunspotsComics.com is where you can go, um, and you can see all of our picks since May of 2015. Yeah. Um, and you can see the 148 titles that we buy um, consistently. That's a Holy lot of books. Moly. Um, and you can <laughs> click, on, click on the top comic books of the week and see all the past picks. Yeah. Um, we just updated and compacted, you know, Sunspots Comics. We're still doing a little bit of that. Yes. Um, but we're real proud of it, so please check it out, sunspotscomics.com. Yes, thank you. And this week's artist winner and art cover winner, Justin, you and I, before we talked about uh, laying out the format for this week's episode, I asked you who is your favorite artist winner and who is your cover art winner, and we picked <laughs> the exactly same. the same. Yeah. I mean, that was nuts. The artist winner we gave to Clay Man. You can find him on Instagram, Twitter, and everything, at ClaymanPI. And his he art did. is glorious, yeah, right? He did, he did like, one half of the uh, Batman 24 this week. Correct. Um, which was... Paired did, up with David Finch. Yeah. He did some marvelous work. It was gorgeous. Um... That just, scene just where they're bright. on the rooftop and all the sort of backdrop of Gotham is faded out, it really gave that feeling of depth, that feeling of height, right? Yeah. Um, for me, like, it was just the brightness of everything, the, the colors and the contrast. This is uh, colored by Jordi Belair, wasn't it? No, I think it's uh, it's inks by, there's another person with the last name Man. I'm pulling it up right now, actually. It's like uh, Clay Man and... And someone else that does the penciling on the back end, but we'll find that here in a second. Um, but yeah, but the, the colors were just fantastic. Uh, the uh, I, I would say ma mainly it's just the the background, like the backdrop of where they're on this top of this roof. Um, that that page right there, that we yeah. just went on. Uh, it was beautiful. You see them. You see Batman sitting on the top of this like spire. Yeah, silhouetted tower, by the sun. And uh, you got Gotham Girl flying around. All these birds. It was crazy good. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It was like David Finch drew in the dark, and then yes. and then he and Clay Man was just all in the sun and this bright look and this burnt out sort of almost like the sun just like just right at sunrise, right? Yes. And how he did their faces, ridiculous. He's very much 
re a realistic comic book artist. Like it, everything has real physics to it, right? Real weight, the attention to light, yeah. the respect to the light source. I love the way notch. he drew the bottom half of, of Batman's face, like with the stubble. Um, yeah. And and the cowl, the, he did a real good job on this cowl. Um, he just sort of blacks see, it out. You yeah, can't right? even see his eyes because yeah, you no know eyes. the shadow of the cowl is actually blocking. But it was uh, just absolutely gorgeous. Gotham Girl was done great. The writing in this book, I'm not going to talk about it too much. We'll get into it. Was later. just really, really good. So. Yes, but um, uh, top-notch, uh, beautiful art. Easily the winner, right? Yeah. It's just iconic pages of them standing on top of this building in the daylight. And even when he has Gotham Girl crying, just the, the, the subtle wrinkles in the, in the face and in the eye through her cowl, right? Yeah. Through her mask is just so realistic. And it has this, it's really grounded in this respect to physics here that makes it all feel very real. The, even the hands, the feet... Everything just uh, very like hyper realistic, but not photo realistic. Yes. You know, just you can tell it's a very much an attention to penciling and detail with a slow, painstaking like art process. Yep. You can easily tell it very much. So Clay Man winner easily again. Check him out, Clay Man PI on all the social media. And our cover winner, we did the same thing. We're like, who's your cover <laughs> winner of all the twenty comics? Easily. Alex Ross for Amazing Spider-Man 28. Talk about photorealistic, man. That's photorealistic. Oh, it was just a beautiful cover. We only had a little pet, little smidgy pet beef, <laughs> like freaking like giant God. words, little banner, no gadgets, no powers, no holds barred. We just kind of wanted less of that, right? It's that moment when the the letterer just goes a little too nuts. Yeah, I bet you, you Alex you made Ross it just a little bit too big. Um, I mean, Alex Ross got paid for this. So, I mean, yeah, leave his leave his <laughs> stuff alone. Right? Yeah, but. Um, but this cover was just gorgeous. It's set at this like um, obscure. Uh, Maybe it's know, the top it. of a building it's like, yeah, or it's something. Like set at an angle. Um, well, it's the, that 1966 Batman style angle. It's that yeah. that that tilt, and yeah, like, it looks great. Like a, like a 60 degree angle. Um, but you got you got no power Spider Man, and you got no power Norman Osborn. Fisticuffs fighting, and, yeah. and that's. I think that just sums up the rest of the book too. Like it was just set, it set the tone. It's I mean, again it that so... that almost like Clay Man, right? The the physicalness, the musculature, yeah. the realism of the eyes and face and wrinkles and the bleeding yeah. and the muscle, the muscle, the muscles, muscles. <laughs> I, get, get, get. I mean Alex Ross, dude. You you can't go wrong with him. He's just he's a god. Follow him everywhere on at of course Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. The Alex Ross. I love looking at his Instagram because every now and then it's just he posts beautiful stuff very frequently. Yeah, surprisingly, so, right? Yeah. He's pretty busy on, at least on Instagram. So check him out at the Alex Ross. But easily our cover art winner. I love just the blue-gray tone of it and just the, like I said, the pose, the stance of Spider-Man and Osborn just getting ready to go toe-to-toe -to -toe, and there's blood on their faces and blood on the floor. It's just it's just this brutal, gritty you get fight the, scene. You get the size difference, too. Like You can tell that Spider-Man is smaller than Norman Osborn. Yeah, so it, it was scale-wise. It was just done really good. Even a little dr a blood driplet from Spider-Man's knuckles in travel, right? Yeah, sort of showing blood coming off them. So accurate, so detailed, so Alex Rossi. Just go look at I it. I need it's to glorious. own something of his, man. I, I gotta buy something. Just just <laughs> of do Alex it. Ross. I mean, I know an original would be like ridiculous, but. Worth I, the something's money. Something's got to be bought eventually. Worth, worth the money. Do it. So that's our our art winner and cover artist winner and the breakdown. 
This week we read 20 comics and actually 10 of them made it to the Great Ones recommendation list. That's fantastic. That's right at 50% where we want to live. So it was an excellent, excellent week of comics. And new number ones, there were only two. And guess what? Both of them made it to the Great Ones list. So that's 100%. Can't beat that. Very awesome. So the two new number ones made it to the countdown. So let's get into our top comic book recommendations. This is our Great Ones list of the greatest comic books we believe it to be the greatest. That came out for New Comic Book Day, June 7th, Wednesday. We consider these comics the greatest of the great, so please go to your local comic book shop and buy these immediately. It is worth it. This is the comics that we're going to recommend to you right now. We're going to talk about them. So, on to the countdown. So, coming in at number 10, Justin, tell us what we got. Number 10. The Unsound Number 1, written by uh, Colin Bunn and drawn by Jack T. Cole by Boom Studios. Um, this was a trippy book, man. Right. Um, you and these trippy titles, man. Uh, but, uh, this is basically about a woman going to work at an insane asylum. Psychiatric ward. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... Did, did, did it feel like uh, anything to you that maybe you've watched recently, like in the comic book TV show realm? Well, you brought up Harrow County. Yeah. That's well, Legion similar. is what I was going for. Oh, Le- oh yeah. Right? Definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it definitely reminded me a lot of, uh... Of Harrow County and, and Legion, I would say. Uh, this was uh, interesting. You definitely get a feel of like what it's like to be in a place like this. Like, yeah. It's, it's kind of creepy. I know you volunteered at one. I did for, um, for many years back in the day. Yeah, shed some light and compare, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was actually like one of the most humble things I've ever done to volunteer at a, a mental institution. Um, it was part of uh, this program for my, my high school. And we did that. And it actually, this kind of reminds me a little bit of it in a little bit of a frightening way, though. With a twist, of course. It wasn't really like that in real life. It was just helping people that, uh, you know, couldn't help themselves. And so, yeah, yeah I recommend and you, people out there, you should do that. You know, give a little. Be, be charitable. But this reminds me of, like, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It kind of gives yeah. you that vibe. And there's this, this character, Ashley, that... Uh, is a nurse and she just got a brand new job at the psychiatric ward she's friendly to her neighbors this crazy hoarding strange man that lives (laughs) in her building and it's setting this great sort of love letter to new york as well do you notice that a lot of these layouts of new york and showing the the old yeah it made me kind of miss new york and want to see it again well you one day you (laughs) will be and just the the you know the cement playland that new york is and just the sort of entryway to subways yeah, you know, maybe hungry for a little Italian food. But uh, there's there's moments where she's on the subway, and it seems very love letter to New York, from even how the ads scroll along the ceiling and are sort of um, the way that they're done in a forced perspective style. So when you're looking at it, you can see the ads, and as you walk over them, they look kind of warped because yeah. they're stretched. But it's, it's even a little nod to that, like how the subways really are. And there's weird people, like there's this man sitting on the subway with like jars filled with things. You don't know what they are, like sort of un you know describable sort of weird meat hunks in jars and he's sitting on the subway like a, it looks like a brain but yeah, it's, what is it right um, it's like a liver right yeah. here but it already sets this strange tone this is colin bunn he's known for harrow county my favorite horror comic of all time so i'm most definitely in here i want to see where this goes you're introduced into some characters even some people in this psychiatric ward that try to make her believe they work there you know yeah. and she's kind of naive and like oh you work here great it's your first day and then they tell her yeah uh, she doesn't work here she's uh, one of the patients so don't listen to her <laughs> one of my like, favorite like uh, panels well it, it was a, of a two page spread um, was when she like sort of walks in and if you like look very closely like there's some creepy stuff going on yeah um, right there's like a guy with like it looks like spider webs and a spider in his hands what is that um, 
there's like these three people sitting down tearing apart this doll. Um, then yeah. this person with like a mask on, like staring directly at the reader. Yeah. Um, this scene is frightening. Yeah. You can see the dinginess on the walls, like great art. Um, at just you can just kind of taste and smell the just the medicine-y scent of this place. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. It's frightening. I mean, there are characters here in suits. You don't know who they are. They're questioning certain patients. There's like this trio of people that say very strange things that are always kind of together. The three Creepy. of them. Yep. Yeah. And it's, uh, she's though there with so much hope, right? She's like yeah, this she, hopeful well, it's character. Just like, it's just, it's her new job. She's trying to get she's trying started. Trying to make a living. You know? It's expensive yeah. to live in New York. She like <laughs> wants this job and wants it to work, but she's late. And, oh, and there's just a random razor blade at the, where she checks in. She's like, wow, what am I in for here? And the staff, uh, you know, doesn't really warming up to her. But I want to see where this, what happens with her, where where this goes. But I don't want to spoil the last few pages because it's frightening. That's all I can tell you. Read it in a very lit room. That's all I'm going to tell you, right? Yeah. Don't read this in the dark. But, man, I, I enjoyed this. Uh, the Unsound from Boom Studios. Colin Bunn, folks. And beautiful art by Jack T. Cole. So tell us, what's number nine, Jables? Number nine is Darth Vader number one. Um... This was. I'll just do this while you read. The whole, <laughs> while you do your intro. Wait, you're not talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> you just want to listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, th- this takes place directly after uh, Star Wars Episode Three: The Revenge of the Sith. Right, like, um, like right. pretty much right after it starts. Like, it starts right when that cheesy no is said. Um, no. <laughs> the infamous no. Yeah. Um, so. Um, <laughs> It basically takes place right after that. Oh, so. tell them the team, though, and uh, this is Marvel Comics, of course. Oh, it's written by Charles Soule. Charles yeah, Soule. Which so is great. Been doing Daredevil, um, so we're yeah, in. Um, yeah, so Charles Soule, uh, this book doesn't have it. Um, I mean, I love I love Charles Soule <laughs> writing, so I'm, I'm all excited there about that. Okay, uh, yeah, so written by Charles Soule, written by, oh, man. <laughs> written by, uh, or drawn Pencils by Giuseppe... By. Camu Coley. He's he used Cam to do amazing Coley. Spider-Man. So um, and inks by uh, Cam Smith. Beautiful inks, right? Yeah. Gorgeous coloring of this. Yeah, um, this was uh, it was kind of interesting. This is a, a aspect of Vader that we've never really seen. Yeah, uh, was the direct directly after Padme is dead. Um, he got left on Mustafar. Um, he just got brought back to life basically by Palpatine. And so this he is that little flashback of. Of, of Padme, Padme choking yeah. too, yeah. I was like, oh, like this um, gave me chills. Yeah. Like, so but th- essentially, this comic book is about uh, Vader getting his lightsaber, right? And they sort of do it. There's a, this has already been spoiled on the internet. Sorry again, little spoiler alert of uh, sort of what they gave us a definition of how a red saber is made and oh, why it's red. This isn't a secret. This has been out for a while, I think, because I remember hearing this on like. Um, I don't know, like a, like a podcast or something. Oh. But I, I do know it, it's basically revealed that. Um, no, this was new to me. So if you heard yeah, it somewhere I mean, I, else, I've, it was on a I've podcast. But um, I mean, because I saw even articles that were yeah. like, "Hey, this is spoiler alert." They yeah. tell you how a red lightsaber is made and what's the significance. Essentially, with a, a, a lightsaber, lightsabers are living. Kyber, Kyber crystals, crystals are alive. Are alive. Right, they're um, sentient, so right? In order to make a red lightsaber, you have to make this crystal bleed. You gotta and cut you do it. that. You do that with anger and with fear and all the stuff that the Sith fear, preach anger. that makes you stronger and the whatnot. Dark so side. essentially, you have to make the crystal bleed, and and then it makes it red. Um, Cut and the Kyber crystal, you will. <laughs> there, there is no red crystal, so you have to. There steal. is no red crystal. Oh, Jesus, oh, I'm just gonna repeat everything. <laughs> um, so you have to steal a Jedi's lightsaber, 
and make it bleed, and then you're a Sith. So, Does a deer bleed? So the, I crossed do you over. Bleed? <laughs> yeah, you um, will. will. But yeah, so Darth Vader's going to find a lightsaber, even though all the Jedi's are dead. So he's got to steal a lightsaber. I dug this opening sequence after the no. How Which, he in hits, my head though, that's all I could hear was the cheesy nose. But how he hits Palpatine with a force blast, and Palpatine was like, "Look, you hit me with a force blast again, I'm gonna kill you." I'm going. To, I brought you into this world. I'll take you out. And I'll take you out. Okay. And you know he whispers it right, like there's just kind of that whispery <laughs> moment, you know. He's you know like, how many Look. times my He's dad like, Vader, Vader. Me. He's like, come here, come here, come here, come here, Vader. Come a little closer. You do that crap again, I'm gonna kill you. All right, kill you dead. <laughs> he got Southern on yeah. him there too. I don't know. All of a sudden, yeah, he got Southern. <laughs> but I dig this. He's on a side adventure. He's got a smaller helmet. It's like he's not he's not evil enough yet to get the big helmet. <laughs> He's like medium level evil here. <laughs> oh, I wonder if there was a smaller one. Or no, this is this is his first helmet. So maybe there was a medium one. This is the small. <laughs> the more evil he gets, the the helmet gets bigger. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? Wouldn't that be crazy? It just they. <laughs> oh my god! At the end of this run, uh, issue twenty five. The aspect of Star his Wars helmet is giant. It's like literally like, like space balls. Where it's just yeah, like, Darth know. helmet. Yeah. <laughs> Darth helmet. Oh my gosh! But I dug this. I like this little side adventure of Darth Vader on a quest to get his lightsaber made. I thought cool. And they show the destruction of every lightsaber too. You're like, oh. They even throw Yodas in there. Right. I thought that was crazy. Oh, and I mean, I, the only reason why I know angry? this... That made me angry a little, a little bit. bit. The only reason why I know this, though, is because my dad has a replica of the uh, Yoda lightsaber. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, I knew... Foot like, away hey, from our face. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's literally right next to me. Um, they, I, I recognized it right away, so it was, it was pretty cool. Um, and the they, like, fact that I know that, a... though, is kind of nerdy. But... Yeah, I like it, though. <laughs> it's right here. You're looking at it. It's in your face. But isn't that sad when they throw it all into a bonfire and just torch all the lightsabers? Yeah, but they, like, explode. So, I mean, they got theirs. You know? Yeah. It didn't, like, <laughs> it would have been cool if it destroyed them all, but it didn't. It just kind of... Yeah, it just kind of blew up in crazy, dramatic fashion. Yeah, but, but if I... you like Darth Vader and you want to see how he got his lightsaber, also maybe some Vader tech, which is in here. Yeah. I like that. And, I mean, Charles Soltz in good hands here. And Giuseppe Camincoli from the Amazing Spider-Man run. Uh, great team. So, I'm in. The new Darth... I mean, they ended on 25, the last run. I, there's no uh, there's no clue yet as to how long this will go, but I like the premise. I like the beginning of it. Uh, I'm in. That's that's number 10 and number 9 were our new number 1s, by the way, so very cool to jump in. Those are added to the pull list. The Unsound and Darth Vader. Go it's get them. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. So, next up, coming in at number 8, Jables, what do we got? Uh, I disagree with this ranking, but... Um, he wanted this higher. It is, yeah, I did want this higher. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 28... Yes. Um, cover art winner by uh, Alex Ross. The Alex beautiful, Ross. Beautiful, beautiful cover. Um, written by Dan Slott. Um, what's the uh, art, yeah, and then uh, art by uh, Stuart Immonen. Who is um, wonderful. Yeah, it was. Um, this was, I would say, the epitome of what like Spider Man should be um, when he is an adult. I yes. guess you could, I can say. Um, so you got Parker Industries and. They're basically on this raid to go find Norman Osborn and to save um, Silver Sable's like kingdom, I guess, right? Yeah, Simcaria. She's, she's like some sort of yeah. military, you know, colonel, if you will, for Simcaria. Or she's the countess, or something. I don't know. But, um, she's important to this. Yeah. Silver Sable is very important to this country. Um, and so Spider-Man and Silver Sable are gonna go raid this castle, yeah. uh, go find the countess that's taken over this country, and then uh, find Norman Osborn. And so. There's this this other story, the side story of this missile that's being launched at this other, uh, you know, city um, that has goblin gas in it and would basically turn yeah. everybody into a goblin. Um, 
Nick Fury is contacted, which I thought was a cool little callback. Because yeah. mm-hmm. um, S.H.I.E.L.D. is uh, connected with Parker Industries. I, I, I didn't know that until yep. the end of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Spider-Man and Silver Sable are raiding this, this castle. And they're kicking some, some ass. And then... Uh, this was like fully action-packed, yeah. wasn't it? From like beginning yeah, to absolutely. end. Absolutely. There's no stopping this. Um, my favorite part, though, is that Norman Osborn depowers Spider-Man here. Yes, He depowers cool. him. And slowly... Yeah. And Norman Osborn has no powers without uh, being turned into a goblin. Yeah, because so, he's somehow now immune to the goblin virus. So. Yeah, so essentially, it's a powerless fight. And we've never yeah. seen Spider-Man fight Hence the b- glorious cover yeah. that we see. And it's gruesome. Yeah, um, it's brutal. It's brutal. Uh, that was I'd say that's my favorite part. The, yeah. the Silver Sable stuff and st- was side story to me. But uh, Norman Osborn versus Peter Parker, which is, you know, basically they're they're, they're they're their alternate, you know, identities. They're their, yeah. um, their alter egos. And so it was basically just two dudes fighting. Yeah. Um, and Peter Parker sort of cheats. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he gets what it, it, he has to do. We don't want to spoil it, but <laughs> he's got to do what right. he's got to do. It, this know? is a full on brutal, realistic fight. And, uh, they, he had to do what he had to do. That's all we're going to tell you. But, this is the classic. Yeah, this is the classic. Uh, this is his arch enemy, ultimately. Yeah. He's, and, the, he's and the two of them. Joker to Spider Man's Batman. Right. And in these gunslingers, right? Drop the guns. And they do yeah. that. Look, mano y mano. Yeah. We're just going to go. <laughs> it's like that, 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 always that final battle in that cheesy 80s movie where they could totally just shoot each other and it'd be over. But they're like. No. no, and they drop their guns all dramatically, and then they like they sort of square up, you know, <laughs> they square up like yeah. they're gonna the rocky fight, and you then all of a sudden it's just like this brutal fight. And then... You almost hear the bell, ding ding, oh here they go, here they go. But it was action packed from beginning to end. Where what happens with Norman Osborn? Is he who's gonna what's what's he gonna do? This Obviously, sort of, what's it's an end of an arc, right? This yes, is an end of an arc. and the beginning of a new arc is going to begin because uh, Giuseppe Camincola is left art and Stuart Eminent. So we're gonna see where this is gonna go. But Dan Slott's on board uh, for life. I think he wrote some kind of he got into some <laughs> ninety one year contract. In contract. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan Slott will be doing Spider Man forever. But action packed winner, easily jump in, get Amazing Spider Man. It's been glorious, and do of course. It. Alex Ross on the cover. Ridiculousness. Can't go wrong, Spider-Man. That's my favorite character. Can't go wrong. So coming in at number seven from DC Comics <laughs> Again, is... Again, I disagree with this ranking. <laughs> our art winner of the week. This is Batman issue number 24. This is written by Tom King. This is art by two folks. It's uh, it's Tom... It's uh, Finch. And also from our, our art winner, which was Clay Mann. So the reason why I disagree with this is this is my number one. Oh, um, okay. This uh, I, I mostly I I love this issue because it's just written <laughs> so beautifully. Um, again, another why I picked like Daredevil back I don't know two weeks ago or you know whatever. Um, this is written just gorgeously. The dialogue is is so important. Um, everything about this book was just just beautiful. I, I, you know, there basically what what happens is you get this sort of backstory. Catwoman's going out to do something. You don't really know. And then it cuts between the night of that same day and the day of the daytime of that same day. And in the day, Batman is talking to Gotham Girl and talking about how what it means to be a superhero and what what it means to be Batman to, to Bruce and, and why he still does this and, and the, the meaning behind 
being a superhero essentially and and i've never experienced that with batman that's a, a side of batman we've never really seen um and i i just loved it um essentially i don't i really don't want to spoil the end of this yes it's no a we're not gonna big big deal yeah um but the reason why i love it so much it might just be because i i sympathize with a lot of really good writing um this was just just beautiful the dialogue was just so heavy and so beautiful and 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 the art matches it, and it, it was just a gorgeous book. I, I absolutely loved this. I wish I could write this good. Uh, I mean, <laughs> maybe somewhere down the line. Maybe I can. I've just never done it. But um, the writing of this is what won it for me. I just I couldn't get over... This was the book after I read this book, because this was like the second one I read. I couldn't stop thinking about this. So yeah. it was just beautifully written. I loved this. Yes, there were a couple little things that it could have done better to get my ranking a little higher, especially towards the very end, the sort of the last couple pages, which we're not going to spoil. But uh, that took me a little bit out of it, honestly, a little. But um, I loved it. I loved <laughs> the, the the conversational dialogue. You're right; it was very professionally done, very realistically done. The conversation that they're having it was, it was emotional. Feels real. Yeah. It really feels real. Just some of the some of the Finch artwork where Batwoman's doing or a Catwoman's doing yeah. nothing. She's yeah. just sort of doing nothing. She's just kind of posing, jumping off buildings. And looking really, you know, pretty. Uh, I was like, me a okay. Lot of the, the Dark Knight series. Because some of the storytelling for me, as far as comics go, has to be done in the art. And Finch wasn't doing it there. They're doing it with the dialogue, which is fine. I just like that a little more of that balance towards storytelling with art. It was it was great storytelling with the narrative yeah. and the conversation. But for me, as a comic book enthusiast for all these years, for me, it's you have to tell the story with the art. You, have, you really, if you could minimize and take all the art, all the dialogue away. It should at least tell you 70% of the story from the pictures. And this yeah. wouldn't do that. But that being said, uh, there was definitely an emotional resonance here in their relationship. And you feel that early on. And I like the fact that this conversation with Gotham Girl was her being very, just just a total, just the naivete is coming out of her. Yeah. But she also wants to know, like, what do I do from here? And, like, she doesn't have that calling, per se, of, like, necessarily losing her parents the way yeah. Bruce did, etc., uh, although Gotham's Girls, uh, her origin was horrific in the yeah. last, I think it was issue seven or eight. But, uh, and she lost her brother, Gotham Guy, or fella, or Gotham Dude. Gotham Man? Gotham Man? Gotham Guy? Well, anyway. But it wasn't important enough for us to remember. She's again. asking here, you know, like, what do I do? She's really looking at Batman and going, why do you do it, and what do I do? And I love that. Loved it. it. That, was the, that was the main reason. I just thought it was written so beautifully. Uh, Tom King, you did a real good job, man. Um, and to jump forward, at, like, you know, with this book, like, where they ended this, that yeah. took some nuts, man. We got to see 25. Yeah. I'm like dying to read took 25. Took some nuts. Yeah. Um, we'll see what's going to happen. Got to see. Because, dude. Dude, um, read this issue. Yeah, it's good. Just one. trust us. Dudes and dudettes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's our number seven. Number six. <laughs> number six. Let's tell the folks. Number six is Rock Candy Mountain. Um, from what? From Image uh, Publishing. Uh, written by Kyle Starks and art by Chris Schweizer. 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 Um, this was a this was a really good issue, man. Uh, this is probably I, I feel like every time I read uh, Rock Candy Mountain, it becomes my uh, next favorite issue of the it's series. It's moving up on the ranks like, for you. Yeah. So like number one was when it came out, I was like, oh yeah, it's really good. And number two came out, I was like, that's my favorite really one good. of of the series. And then number three comes out, like, damn it, it just keeps getting better. It's getting better and um, better. Basically. You got. Um, oh man, what's I love name? these sto- these these, yeah. these hobo stalkers. They're not. They're not hobos. They're called. Uh, right. They have a whole different name <laughs> for them. Yeah. Well, he. he uh, they're called tramps. Right. So basically, uh, <laughs> they Jackson, have levels of yeah, hobos. Jackson it's crazy. defines what it means to be a hobo. 
uh, in this, and it's kind of funny. Um, these guys who are like following them, who basically they're like thieves. He call them he calls them tramps. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there's another one that he talks about, but it's it's pretty much just bums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, they're all bums. All different levels of hobos. Yeah. Right. So um, you got Jackson and Slim. Uh, excuse me. Um, <laughs> going come basically following the tracks to get on the train, and they stop at this uh, this city, which happens to be empty. Yeah. Um, and Strange that yeah. the city's empty. And turns out uh, that the devil is there. The devil went down to this city <laughs> and uh, de- and destroyed it. Yeah, well, yeah, he killed everybody in, in the city. So. Uh, and you know, it has this cartoony feel, right? That Schweizer does. Samurai Jack-esque. You know, very cartoony, thought. very, you know, uh, simple lines. And then there's like all this murder and chaos here. Yeah, very, uh, very uncharacteristic of what you would think of. If you flip through this, this you would think like, oh, this is for like a yeah. little kid at first. <laughs> and you read some <laughs> of the dialogue and the, the F-bombs and, yeah. and you see the blood and the gore and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a heavy duty story about bum world. You know, yeah. about hobo world, hobo land, and uh, this strange character, Jackson. But you ultimately, I thought was the most interesting part of it, without spoiling too much, was his interaction with the devil. Yeah, there's history there. Yes. And we don't know what it is. It's kind of oh, his do, origin. I know we're in issue three, right? Yeah. But it's really Jackson's origin yeah. here. You do you do learn their history and what what uh, is such a big deal. And you sort of get like that whole devil went down to Georgia feel again. Yep. Because uh, the reason why the devil can't kill Jackson is because of this... This, this sort of contract. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, he got his soul <laughs> stolen and with that. And his book so. is here, of course. That no matter which way you turn it, it points to where Rock Candy Mountain is. So he really truly believes this sort of fictional place that's really described in, in a lot of songs about hobos to be yeah. real, uh, to be yeah. an actual place because it continually points in a direction with this cheesy little arrow in his yeah. magic book. Of where Rock Candy Mountain is. So Jackson's, uh, you know, hell-bound, hell-bent on finding Rock Candy Mountain, and the devil is on his trail here just because they have sort of a thing that happened between them, and that thing has to be resolved. But I love this. It's getting better. Yeah, Yeah, it is getting better, definitely. It is getting better every single issue. So go get Rock Candy Mountain. It's glorious. Issue number three was our number six. And coming in at number five from Image Comics as well, this is Eternal Empire. Issue number two, this is from Jonathan Luna and Sarah Vaughn. Jonathan Luna is actually on art. And he co-wrote it as well. And this is some world building here, right? They kind of do that yeah. Lord of the Rings layout of Mordor here. Yeah. Um, uh, the way I would compare, uh, I would describe this issue is it's the, the opposite issue of issue number one. So issue number issue number one, you end with these two characters meeting, yeah, and something going crazy. Mm-hmm. And this one is about the other character that you didn't spend the time with in issue number one. So um, essentially, he's going through the same things, the same obstacles that she did. But at the end of this, you do get this uh, sort of reveal of like what the hell is right. Actually, you don't really learn much. You don't learn um, much. Yeah, it's still but, really setting things up here with issue two, right? Yeah. Um, but you ultimately have this like this this hierarchy this. That's really the ruling class. And there's no middle class. It's just like there's ruling class and slaves, ultimately. Yeah. And this is the it's story of sort of the, the uprising of of one particular or two particular slaves that ultimately have some powers of some sort. And they don't even know why. They're ultimately trying yeah. to figure it out. But and that's pretty much that's it. That's all we're at. <laughs> only an issue two. But Jonathan Luna's art is just so very simple yet clean and defined, right? Yeah. There's never there's never really any blurring effect. There's never it's almost like the even the action, every single still is just captured, right? Yeah. 
everything. There's, it's just so very clear and crisp storytelling here. But this, this ruling hierarchy is just doing horrible things to all these slaves. And this is just the story of, like I said, the escape of this particular guy. This is really his story. How he lives in this world and how I, he's decided to get out of this world. I do have one complaint, though. Um, the way they do these visions is sort of written kind of weird. Um, it's just like, oh, that feels weird. It's driving me this way. And that's just like, like a vision. I just, uh, I just think it's written kind of... They could have wrote it a little bit better, you know? Um, I don't know. I thought they were made to kind of... They don't understand them. Yeah, but at the same In time, it's like, it's like... It's like they're describing... You know what I mean? Like because you can't you can't tell because they're not really moving and they're not. It's it's a still image. Yeah. They have to like oh, it's describing this. You know, like they have to explain what they just like what they're feeling, and it's just kind of like all right. Like, sort of. I mean, he has this vision right here of that weird like vegetable and this this like land. When it, ultimately he's he's dreaming of the girl in the first issue. Well, there's another there's another there. image, he but he has. doesn't describe that one. Yeah, he doesn't describe it. But the, the second one it just bugged me. He a says little like, bit. "Oh, that's what I saw." Yeah, it's, it's drive it's driving me north. Like, <laughs> okay, like what you can't just do that instead. Like, you don't have to explain it to me. Well, I don't know. This is visual I just thought it was. I just thought it was. Um, I just thought they could have written it better. Uh, I mean, personally, I, I feel like I could have come up with something just a little bit to to hide that cheesiness because it's like, oh yeah, hmm, like, I didn't get that feeling at all. No, uh, I it's it. visual storytelling, and it's just this the way they do those little sort of strange images they're seeing in their head. They don't know what they are, and that's that's what I think they're Here's really they trying to portray. Done. Done. He, he could have had this vision, and as soon as it happened, he could have stood up, and he could have been facing a different direction, and then he could have stood up and like turned, and then like could have just been like like huh, and then like just hmm. started running that direction. You know what <laughs> I mean? It'd be different instead of going, oh, it's pulling me this way. I need to go this way. I don't know. I just yeah. thought it, it, it could have been done better. You're getting a little nitpicky there, I think. <laughs> uh, well, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just a little complaint. I don't, yeah. I, it didn't really bother my yeah, overall story. I didn't story. Even think that at but, all. But uh, yeah. being a, a aspiring writer, I felt like that could have been done a little bit better. To each his own. It's art, my friend. Nice. It's each. Not every writer is the same. But yeah, I, I thought it was. Uh, it's it's some interesting storytelling with that. They don't know what's going on there, so we don't know what's going on there. But ultimately, the story you'll see is really just sort of the. The, the, the trials, the tribulations of this one slave trying to escape this evil hierarchy in this strange other world, yeah. right? Weird other world. Um, that seems to be influenced by, like, Egyptian sort of pharaoh yeah. kind of look and feel. I, uh, I, I mean, I'll be honest, like, I'm not too heavy, big of a fan of this yet. Um, give it some time. Uh, Sarah Vaughn's like, a great writer. Like, I, yeah, I think I'm going to have to give it, like, two more issues, and if I'm still sort of feeling like this, might drop off. But, uh, it, it is, it is... Right now, it is keeping me in there. Um, it's sort of like what I told you about um, Rebels. Um, or the... Yeah, Rebels, is that what mm -hmm. it is? Uh, the free and independent... The right. Free, yeah. Uh, where it's sort of like, okay, like I can see where Long they're going. storytelling. I can see where they're going. It's just taking a little too long. Well, it's not really taking... It's just... I don't know if I like it just yet, so... We'll see. Okay, um, good. Yeah. I'm on the opposite end of that. I, I love Jonathan Luna's art, so I'm totally in. Sarah Vaughn, great writer, so... I, I in, I'm in trust. I'm, I'm easily. I think we're in capable hands here. They're laying out some interesting rules in this world and some sort of and sort of how the religion is on this planet. So I like it's very otherworldly and it kind of. Ver I'm very immersed in it. I love that part of it. So check out Eternal Empire. It's, it's crazy good. You'll like it in time. I know you will. Eventually, It'll grow yeah, on you. <laughs> it seems like all Jonathan Luna stories do that too, because <laughs> he's co-writing this. So they like to definitely take their time. But mm -hmm. also, it's three art. They're three act style. Very clear mm -hmm. in this. So you'll see. But coming in at number four, one of our both of our personal favorites from Aftershock Comics, 
This is Pestilence, issue number two. This is written by Frank Thierry, who we met. Remember at the last con? Great yeah. guy, Mr. New Yorker, Frank Thierry. And uh, art by Oleg Okunev. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. This is a great zombie book, man. This is. Um, zombie book set in what time period? In like the Crusade era. Yes. Um, so it's all about Christianity in a way. They're at the Vatican at one point of this. Um, the year of our Lord, 1347. Yeah, so basically it's swords and sandals versus zombies. Yeah, so they um, give a great previously on, by the way, which you don't really need. I mean, it's a pretty simple story, but a great adding into some of that depth of this group, you know, the men of Fiat Lux. And it gives that little Phalanx, sort of, I yeah, Phalanx? I guess that's right, Fiat Lux, Phalanx? Phalanx or Fiat Lux? Fiat But yeah. anyway, um, so they even have a breakdown of each and every character here so that you kind of understand who they are and their names, you know, showing the little, I love that, little legend with the face and the name to help you, you know, to, to see who they are. Yeah. I love that. But tell us kind of what's happening here, Jables. So they're on their way back to the Vatican. They got yeah. orders to go back to the Vatican. So they're getting on their ship. And uh, one of their guys has been bitten. So he's uh, he's turning. Yeah. They don't really know what's going on, but yeah. he's turning. There's been no zombies. They don't know. Yeah. It's like The Walking Dead, right? They yeah. don't know the word zombies. They don't know what they are. <laughs> and then eventually he just attacks them on this boat. Right. Um, and so they basically dislocate his jaw and lock him in a closet <laughs> yeah um, they michoned him yeah yeah <laughs> um, so they lock him in a closet and they're like oh that was weird and then so basically <laughs> when they get to Italy is where the Vatican is right Italy yep uh, so they get to where the Vatican is where they need to be um, mm -hmm. so basically they learn that there's a freaking buttload of zombies <laughs> in front of this freaking place it is overrun so they have to fight their way out and they're like okay like we're in a boat and all of a sudden, the boat gets taken over, and they're yeah. just like, oh, damn, they're hopping heads, you know? Yeah. Um, but they they have to fight their way to the uh, the Vatican, um, and they learn what they have to do next. Yeah. I mean, they're even sort of keeping their infected friend alive. They don't know what to do with him. They're like, well, what do we do with this guy? Can we yeah. heal him? Is, is there a chance? But I love the sort of underwater zombie scene two, here. Two, right? Yeah, two-page spread. That was great. Two-page spread was glorious. I mean, it is zombified madness at its best here. And yeah, not a lot of, uh, going on, right? But super action-packed. That's a Amazing Spider-Man this week, and well, this we, Pestilence we learned, number yeah, two. We learned we learned some important stuff. I don't want to spoil too much of it. Though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the very end. We do we do learn some important stuff, and from here, probably just gonna get more and more actiony. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the way they did the action was great too. It was very clear. Yes. Uh, the art style is it suits this. I would say. Yes. Um, very bright. Everything yeah. seems to be like in the daylight. Very clear and bright to see, right? Nothing. Yeah. It was fun to read, though. I, I had a real good time with it. Easy read. Not a ton yeah. of dialogue. It's like it a five-minute comic. It took me like five minutes, yeah. But I loved it. I want more. Like, if this, I wish I had six issues of this right now. Like, yeah. pestilence. I, yeah, the fact that we have to wait monthly for this is like, damn. And even monthly plus, because it's Aftershock. Seems like it's a little longer. But loving pestilence. Zombies. In the year of our Lord, 1347. Swords and sandals. Get it. Pestilence is great. But now here we go into the top three, Jables. Tell us what's coming in at number three. This was uh, one of my favorites. Uh, Reborn, yeah. issue number six, uh, by Mark Millar um, and Greg Capullo. Oh, yes. This boy. is the finale. This is the, the end of this series. There's no there's no coming back. I don't... There's no to coming be honest, back. like, with Mark Millar, like, I, I don't... I really don't want to spoil this at all. Like, yeah. you should... With Mark... He's hands down probably one of the greatest comic writers today. He, um... Yeah, you can say that. Um, I, oh man, I I don't know where to begin with this because every time Mark Millar gotcha. comes out with a with a series, it just I just love it. I mean, the last and you one want was, more, uh, but it's over. He's not yeah, giving you anymore. I freaking hate that. I love that, Jack. 
I mean, it is it is uh, the fact that he's put out so many is like okay, he's still writing every yeah. time every time he comes out with a new one, I fall in love with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was the, it, at the end of this, it says end of chapter one. Right. So there, there might be going back to this, um, sort of like they did with Kickass. But I, f- I, f- I hope he does a little bit better with Kickass because Kickass two was like, eh, and um, you know, Hit Girl was like whatever. But uh, if they come back to this, I, I think I'd really enjoy it. Oh, uh, we'll read it regardless. Yeah, right? I mean, it's, Mar- it's Mark Millar. You're mm-hmm. gonna read it. But uh, if you haven't read anything Mark Millar, j- just look read him it all. up. Just look just, him up. Just go read, read it. All. Huck. Read Huck. Yeah, read Huck. Read glorious. Supreme. Uh, or is that Supreme, right? Yeah, no, you're talking about the one Starlight? No, no, uh, the one superhero with the monkey. Oh, yeah. The superior, superior, sorry. Superior, superior. Yes, read yes. Superior, Supreme. That was great. Uh, Supreme! Um, <laughs> read Superior, read Huck, read Starlight, yes. read Kick-Ass, mm-hmm. read, uh, read Secret Service. Yeah, the, Secret Service. I mean, he's, he's already got two, gonna be three movies of his comic, no, it's yeah. gonna be four of his intellectual properties being made into movies. Yes, because so, the, the other one's coming out. Kingsman the, uh, 2. Kingsman 2, um, based on the comic this, Secret Service. You should get that. Just, just read anything Mark Millar. Yeah, you're safe. Anything he writes. But it's, it's, it's going great. back to this, Reborn 6, this opening sequence, right? The sort of origin of this demon, the devil in well, yeah. the afterlife, if you will, so, uh, is, is not only a sort of a scary element as far as things like this are going on today, these random shootings. So I thought, man, that was also very topical, and it made me cringe. And yet at the same time, it's it's a it's a t- very well done tool for the origin of this demon devil. That in the afterlife, ultimately here, without spoiling every single aspect of it, uh, the more evil you are in the real world, the more of a giant demon you are in the afterworld. Yeah. And also the same element with good. That's why our main character, this yeah. woman and her father, and she's on a quest to save her husband that she had in that. In the in real the world, real world. Yeah, who is so now? I mean, just married. To, he's moved yeah. on. I mean, she was gone for a long time. He was, and it kind of puts everyone back in their very good-looking prime. As yeah. Well, so it's basically like world. when you die, there's like you get a, really good-looking, and you get in your twenties, well, and you're really it, healthy. It varies. It varies. <laughs> some people are born younger. Some people are born. But there's older. no fat people in the afterworld. You notice that? Mm-hmm. They're all healthy and fit and have abs. Yeah, but but anyway, like, we can move on from that. Yeah, but I'm gonna get caught up on that. Essentially, this is the final battle. Yeah. This is the final battle, and it's 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 great. It's I mean, the final showdown. The right the writing, Mark Millar's writing is just it's always just top notch. I I can't explain how much of a fan I am of him. Like um, everything he's done, man, it's it just it's just great. He adds this flavor to everything that just makes you very emotionally uh, emotionally invested. And uh, this definitely has that. You know. You, you get this final battle with like the fairy queen who yeah. who ended up sort of being kind of a kind of a douche. What, it was uh, like her friend. It's redeeming. It, yeah. It's very redeeming, and, and she she sort of saves the day. And um, from here, it was just it was a great book. I mean, but uh, another aspect that's cool about this right is she's on this road trip with her dad. Yeah, you know, and, and the like, dad's been dead for years, and she's sort of experiencing that now. And their dog. Yeah, like Roy it's. Boy. I mean, what more do you need? In a story aspect, besides, like epic road trip with her dad and her dog, right? Yeah, that's Lord a core of the element. Style road trip, yeah, it was, it was great. And that's only like one percent of the core element of this, right? For, well, for the most part, yeah. This is it. It's um, it's essentially like like heaven versus hell. If you if you get um, you know, you get deeper into this kind of story, um, but with like fairies and Lord of the Rings and 
it's a mixture of all that. There's dragons and stuff like that. So I think Mark Millar is also sort of addressing his thoughts on death. On, oh yeah, in the afterlife. It's much. It's very much there, right? Yeah. Like what happens when you die. Well, yeah. This I mean, was probably to, like you have a to kind of go earlier for that. Yeah. The, that like metaphor. To yeah. Be two and three, especially yeah. the issues two and three of six. But this is definitely a, a an exploration, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I would this say... seems like this was like a nightmare he had. You yeah. Know, or, something. or or like like a crazy weird dream he like you know had and he was like oh man. Yeah, expand on this, like you know, it, yeah. Just like I said, man, he, this guy's a creative genius. Yeah, and he some of the some of the monsters in this, like, are just amazing. Like you've seen in the past issues, this this dragon, dragon with the lion, lion head. head. Yeah. But um, but they're at Mordor. They're at the gates, right? That's what this is about. Yeah, they're yeah. At Mordor. That's what this is about. So tune in. We don't want to spoil any of it, but it's fantastic. This is the epic. If sort you of... haven't read any of the previous issues of the series, don't read this one. Yeah, you you read. gotta read the, the previous five to like get the weight of this issue. Yes. Um, he always releases glory. everything in a mini series, so you're gonna be fine. But you're gonna would, get a trade of this eventually. Yeah. yeah but I be... would get them in floppies. They're just they're, the art is glorious by Greg yeah. Capullo too, just fantastic. But we can't speak enough about it. Reborn issue number six of six. We're gonna miss it either way. It's gonna be gone for a while, right? Yeah. If they do a book two or whatever, but. Yeah. Uh, Get Reborn from Image Comics. Yeah, remember, remember the break between Kick-Ass 1 and Kick-Ass 2? Oh, my goodness. It was like, it's like two, two years. years. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was a long, long time. But, yeah, it was, it was a great book. Yeah. So, coming to number two from Skybound slash Image, Inter- Image Inter- Entertainment, Extremity from Daniel Warren Johnson, colored by Mike Spicer. So, Extremity seems to me it's getting better and better as well. Yeah. Um, We're only is, on uh, issue four. This is four, yeah. This is sort of a turning point issue. Um... Essentially, they're they're visiting the mother that died. Tell them the gist of the story first, just well, in case. Basically, they're new. it's like the red faces versus the green faces. <laughs> um, there are these different clans in this futuristic, floaty world. Serenity um, slash Firefly Avatar ish, with these crazy animals and crazy you know scenery. And so basically, uh, this is like a, a war between two tribes, two factions. The red, the red rectangle faces and the green circle faces. <laughs> I love that because um, you can easily tell what who, yeah, who were, what side <laughs> oh, we're is this, on. Is this a bad guy? Oh, he's got a green circle on his face. Okay. Thank you very guy. much for doing that, um, Mr. But at, at, after this issue, are they really the bad guys? Well, yeah, they are the bad guys. But yeah, like there's some. There's some stuff going on with the red rectangle faces. Yeah, they definitely take a notch <laughs> down, right? As far as they're so clearly the good guys. Yes, especially gotta, the dad, the father in this situation. Yeah, the Abba. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, he's known as the Abba. Oh, yeah, okay. That was so, his, like um, his title. Is basically, like... he's like the chief of this, yeah. and uh, he's on this like revenge run to like yeah. kill all these people who were involved in um, his wife's death and yes. his um, his uh, daughter's like mutilation in a way. Right, cutting her hand off. Yeah. And there was actually a nice article from Daniel Warren Johnson saying he did have a sort of thought in that. What would an artist do if their hand was cut off? Yeah. And that's sort of the premise of this story yeah. uh, that I read in Image Plus magazine, by the way, which you should definitely get. But Daniel <laughs> Warren Johnson said that's where the motivation came here. And that's very much the daughter's role here, although the Abba's grooming her. She's got sword and though I wouldn't give that up. That's pretty dope. Yeah, it's like a hook. <laughs> and this is another sort of father-daughter road trip story, right? Yeah. I'm a sucker I, for I these. I mean, to be honest, like this one's a little bit more... Um on the verge of like do you really want to trust this father figure because he's he's sort of doing anything to win this war yeah and he's sort of in this dark place right now yes um that's what i love about it this aspect of it right he's sort of like this revenge yeah it's sort of like you know you're rooting for him because you want them to get this revenge but at the same time he's tearing the family apart especially his son's relationship yeah especially his son yeah um 
But yeah, there's some there's some gruesome fight scenes in this yeah. involving like a crazy giant spider. Oh, I, um, love that. I love that. Yeah, and like this robot. Um, what do they call him? Shiloh. Shiloh's awesome. Yeah, Shiloh's awesome. I mean, is this the end of Shiloh? We don't know. We don't know. Um, but, but he's an, like an, just a robot, an AI robot, right? Yeah. And he's uh, definitely he's a war robot. That's yeah. what they were, they were used for. Back in before the red faces and the green circle faces. And yet, were... Shiloh hesitates. Yeah. And Abba's not having it. He's like it. sort of getting an AI thing going on. Right. Know? He's starting to have human sensibilities. And uh, the Abba's like, what the hell are you doing? You're a robot to kill. Yeah, get Why him. Why hesitating? <laughs> Go, sick him. And, and he like pulls out his own battery source. And yeah. From here, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? It's sort of left the red rectangle faces... There's a name for them. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're bad. Um, but you'll see when you read it. The red yeah. rectangle face and the green circles. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the red rectangle faces are sort of at this turning point. We don't know yeah. if they're going to be very good for very much longer. Like, they're sort of d- descending. You know, at least the, the father. He's sort of descending in, yes. in like... Into chaos. Sanctu- like, you know, uh, sane, you know, insanity. He's yeah. sort of becoming this, like, war, you know, war monger. crazy monger. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the, on a dark road with this revenge, with yeah. bloodlust. He's going revenge. a little far, uh, yeah. you know, but, uh, but I mean, at the same time, it's it's justified in a sense. And they meet the guy that has killed his wife and has taken his daughter's yeah. hand here, and uh, it's not just so cut and dry that you yeah. think is what's going to happen. And that's sort of the reason why you're kind of like, oh, what's, you know, he's a changed, it, it, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it, it, like... You kind of don't want him to kill this guy. Yeah. Um, which is which, which is, is great. crazy because he killed the wife. Um, but you're sort of you're sort of you see a side of it. Yeah, you're 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 brought onto this side of of pity in a way. Yes. Because this guy is supposed to be changed, a changed man. He even crossed out the green circle. I don't know yeah. if you noticed that. There's yep. scars on the circle and yep. an X. He like cut it out. Yeah. Like so, I thought that that actually defines something for me that it's not paint. On yeah. Face. No, it's it's their skin. It's like yeah. they're born that way with yeah. these dots. So even cooler aspect, yeah. I thought. Um, but I'm loving this. I, I really yeah. am digging Extremity and uh, grab it. It it was almost the number one pick. Like one and two were kind this of my was, number uh, ones. In my opinion, with your number one, this is better than your number one. You think so? Uh, just just in my opinion. I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> we'll get, get into that in a second. Not, but, but it's great Extremity and where it's going to go from here. We, we got to see where it's going to go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, I'm I wonder how. I wonder if this is a mini series or if they're gonna keep going. Um, no words no, on that. There's no there's even no, on the um, even on the diamond list. There's no of yeah, on it on this. Even on the book, yeah. There's no uh, of whatever number. Yeah. But yeah, it, we'll was, see. it was a great book. I loved it. We'll see what happens. But coming in at number one, this beat them all in my opinion. We'll see what Judge Abel's thinks about it. But this is the ending series finale of the Flintstones from DC Comic. This is written by Mr. Mark Russell and art by Steve Pugh. And let me tell you. I, uh, this gave me the chills at a couple of moments. This actually, I, I kind of watered up and teared up in my <laughs> eyes a little. Got a little misty in the scene here, but I know it's ending, ending. But ultimately, this is a testament to Mark Russell's writing. They gave him carte blanche. They said, go nuts. We're, <laughs> we he, have this Fr- Flintstones franchise. We're doing nothing with it. Go crazy. And I like what he's come up with here. What do you think of the premise I, of the Flintstones I mean, I've in read, this way? I've read half of the series... And then I sort of jumped ahead for this one. So, um, I mean, at the same time, you don't really need any continuity with this. kind of jumps with little storylines. But um, essentially, this is like the review of the Earth in Prehistoric by this alien. But there's so um, many metaphors to today yes, in there this. Yes, and, and there's some, there's some cre- like, it, it goes along with, like, uh, um, like, 
possessions and like yes. having things, having possessions and stuff. Things. This was it was also a part of an earlier issue that I read. Yeah. Um, but it sort of um, elaborates on that a little bit more too, uh, and it goes it goes into a deeper place where these like possessions are sort of done with it, because in Flintstones era, everything that does something is an animal. Yes. So well, it's the appliances. That's uh, where I got a little misty because. They do talk about a. There's a character in the previous issues that uh, they threw away and, and died. This yeah. elephant vacuum cleaner, and this uh, this armadillo. It was like his best friend, the armadillo bowling ball. And they have a little side story of that and where this goes. Got me a little misty. I was, I was surprised because it was his best friend. Yeah. And so uh, there's a like a second chance for this armadillo. Is all I want to tell you. But um, it's. It's so well, adorable and heartbreaking at the same time. And that's just a side story of yeah, it. Yeah, you're rooting for Fle- Fred Flintstone in this bowling thing. And he just, like, ruins it. But you're kind of like, what the hell? But at the same time, like, yeah, good for you. You know, yes. you, did, you did your thing, bud. And it's a very huge metaphor for possessions. Yeah. Right? And, and uh, this is also the retelling of uh, the sort of why they let Earth live. Like, the final report from this great Gazoo character, who is this alien... That, that was had in the to, cartoon, wasn't it? Yes. I'm pretty sure. I had to evaluate the planet, and he's sort of doing his final sort of record. And there's one scene, there's many scenes that made me laugh out loud here. There's one where there's uh, this kid eating a bunch of ribs, and the name of the place was Whammoth Bammoth, Thank You Mammoth. And it just <laughs> it just made me crack up. There's like ten of these moments in this. Yeah, the, the last one got me. Um, the church. Oh, yeah. Where like there, there's not <laughs> enough space on it. Um, yeah. And, and their Gerald, god the name is Gerald. Gerald yeah. But they, 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 they shortened Gerald to GD. And it's like, um, oh, man, you got to flip through it. I'll flip through it. But, uh, but it, it, it's, it's just one of the gags. Yeah, that it's is just, just like a, almost like a punny type thing. <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah, so like... The church, the name of the church was the First Church of Gerald. And by the way, before you go any further, they're completely making this up as yeah. they go along, but at the same time, it's a direct metaphor reflection religion, of religion. Yeah. So go on. Um, so they're, they're, originally what they're trying to write was like, Gerald doesn't rub it in. Um, and like, <laughs> But you're like, what are they trying to say? But And so they abbreviate it to fit in the rest of the message. Oh my and God. it says GD, which apparently they're probably going to end up being like, it's God. <laughs> right. you know? They're shortening it to Gerald. <laughs> so if I'm reading it verbatim That's and like what I saw, I was like, God doesn't rub it in. God rubs it out. <laughs> which is a masturbation joke. It still joke. makes me crack yeah. up. Like, um, so blasphemous, right? If you're religious, yeah, sorry. God, oh, if Jesus. you're religious, sorry. But <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> holy uh, It's nothing against religion. I just thought it was funny. But it yeah, it says hilarious. GD doesn't rub it in. GD rubs it out. And there's um, ten of these uh, yeah. hilarious moments. Ultimately, I picked it because it made me laugh out loud like ten times. Yeah, it really did. But I mean, how they're portraying religion and what? Oh, there's also the religion versus science aspect because yeah, it's kind of a Scientology thing coming here, and it's really just Gazoo's. I love the sort of protective uh, force, of the, the shield yeah. they have around Earth. Yeah, is like this. It's uh, just a big face. Yeah, yeah. that makes you. The, they're sort of. Like, Defining why aliens have never come to Earth, yeah. right? Because it's this scary face. What does it says? Like, welcome to Earth. Yeah. Now leave. Yeah. And it's like this demon face that is somehow like a holographic projection yeah. shielding the planet. And I love that. Yeah, it's great. It's great. But uh, I don't want to spoil the last four or five pages, but it's heartfelt. It has a great ending that just wraps up so appropriately. And I love all the products they sell. Like, you've seen the meaty thumbs, which is this cereal made of thumbs that are thrown in the from trash. Convicts. From convicts? So, like, if you steal something, they cut off your thumb or something. But, like, yeah, and then so they, they cut they off f- these thumbs and put it in cereal. It's, do- it's dog food, dog actually. Food, yeah. And, and, yeah, and Barney's like, wait, this isn't cereal. 
Like, there's just so many gags in it. It was hilarious, but at the same time, there's some real elements and real, like, metaphoric symbolism going on for, here. like, a book like this. Was, you know, Very weird. much so. But uh, it was good. But it's like, like a it. workshop in a reflection of modern day. Yeah, yeah, it is. Definitely is, and it's done in prehistoric Flintstones time, so... It, it really sheds light about how ridiculous human beings are. Yep. Yeah, you're right. That's what it really does. And uh, go get all 12 of these. This is going to be a great collection altogether. Yeah. That's a reread for me. Um, I hope that Mark Russell and Steve Pugh team up for something or more of the Flintstones. Or heck, do the Jetsons or something. Yeah. Just do no, any of the Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. <laughs> I think DC owns all the Hanna-Barbera, so do they that. They did Scooby-Doo. I know they did Scooby-Doo. I don't know if you read that, but I know they did a book on Scooby-Doo. Right. Well, I want more Flintstones and or, say, the Jetsons from that exact team. So thank you, Mr. Mark Russell and Steve Pugh. It's been a fantastic run. Uh, go get the Flintstones. It's been a wonderful, fantastic read. Something different, right, Jables? Yeah. yeah very different? Very, extremely different, I would say. It, it's uh, it's very uh, off offbeat of what I'm used to reading. So it's, Off it's the beaten path, right? Yeah. So there you have it. That's uh, Play the sound effect. Close the vault door. <laughs> so you've, you've done it thank you for listening to our podcast and if you have uh, these are our, those are all of our recommendations that all came out new comic book day June 7th so please go to a local comic book store and tell them that Jables and Chris sent you from Sunspots Comics <laughs> they'll look at you weird but so what uh, if you have any questions comments you want a personal comic book recommendation just email us directly oh at uh, Chris at sunspotscomics.com and Justin at sunspotscomics.com correct and if we choose your email like we did with chefs hey chef and we discuss your email in a podcast. We will mail you a comic book prize as a thank you from us. So thank you, Chef. Yours is on its way. And uh, please sign up for our email newsletter at sunspotscomics.com slash contact. And please tune in next week to issue 111 of the podcast where we will be reading a list of 15 comic books. 15, not bad. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty light week. Um, uh, for New Comic Book Day... June 14th with five new number ones. So maybe that are coming 20. Out. Yeah, 20-ish. Not bad. Um, and uh, yeah, we want to check those out and recommend those to you. Uh, quick peek into some of those. Uh, go for it, Dad. Sure. We got a pull list uh, June 14th. A couple of things coming out that I'm super excited about. Birthright issue 25. It sounds like it's the end of another arc right there. Uh, Black Cloud issue number three is coming out. Copperhead. Very much again in that Serenity vibe. Batman 958. Detective so comics. It's detective. <laughs> Will that be tied in, you think, to the Batman no. that we read? No? Okay. I don't think so. They Flash, usually stay out of that. Another Flash. Those have all been solid. Flash has been real good. Yeah. Green Valley's wrapping up with issue 9 of 9. Harrow County next week. Love Harrow County. And uh, also that John Carter series. Looks like that's wrapping up too. So a lot of good stuff coming out next week. Ooh, that regression number 2 is coming out. Remember yeah. that? That twisted story with a guy that sees those weird visions. Regression. Yeah. So that's coming out. So that's just a little peek into the amazing week of comics we're, we're looking at reading next week. So please subscribe and listen in and tell a friend that about the Sunspots Comics Podcast. And if you really want to give a little something back and, and want to give say a little thank you to us, just go to where, Jables? Uh, sunspotscomics.com. Um, or you can hit us up on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter um, at you know Just Sunspots and Sunspots Comics. Um, and, and thank you again for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed and you want to help us out, please subscribe on iTunes and give us a podcast review with uh, five stars or, you know, if yes. you didn't like us that much, you know, any review <laughs> helps, I guess, you know. Um, uh, we'll personally thank you on here. You know, we'll give you a little shout rooney um, shout And I, I want to do, I do want to say congrats to the Penguins. They just won the Stanley Cup. Oh, they did? Yeah, wow. they just won right now. 2 nothing, um, in game six. Back to back. Uh, yeah, Sidney Crosby won the, the Smythe for the MVP. MVP. 
So, uh, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the Penguins, but, you know, it is a it is a milestone to win a Stanley Cup, so congrats. Big deal. Our favorite sport. We, yeah. love, we love the Kings. And so, we'll see you how know, Kings do next year. Congrats, Penguins. But uh, we want to leave you with uh, a little words from Adam West. Which is, I've always tried to fit what I do professionally into my family rather than the other way around. Yeah, that's beautiful. Wise words, right, from Adam West himself. So be like water, my friends. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Later, Jables. Later. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks again. See ya. Comics now.